Welcome to the Oingly Boingly podcast, where we get our hardest Oingly Boinglies on. My name is Christian. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. I'm Amanda. And I'm babysitting right now, so uh, I'm going to have to be getting up more often than late. Uh, you know, usually you're contending with um, me getting more drinks and doing pee-pees and poo-poo sometimes. Um, and now it's going to be rearing a child and existential dread. All of those things, I just have to, you know, at any time I could just walk away. So you'll know I'm gone when I'm not talking over people and being obnoxious. Perfect. And then I'll begin to start whispering about 30 minutes into the podcast because my kid's going down to bed soon. So God. it'll be the sultry hour in about 30 minutes. Kids are wonderful, all, guys. Like uh, All I'm this and more free. coming up on your favorite KV. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's nice about not having kids is all the video games that we get to play. <laughs> Son of That's a, a lie, okay? Bobby doesn't have kids and he still doesn't play any video games. I do. Right. I just play the same ones over and over again. <laughs> so it seems like I have nothing to talk about. Bobby's the only person holding up the hot server still. That's it. He's the only person still playing it. Unfortunately, I... No, man, I'm on to a new... You've been gone for a while, Nick, so I'll forget. Oh, I know. Here, but I'm all about Sea of Thieves now, dude. Forget oh, Hots. boy. We're all playing Sea of Thieves now. That's the game that everybody should be playing. And I don't know if we should step on Bobby too much. Do you guys want to have the, I don't know, quarterly DLG update about who's talked about playing the most amount of games? Are you guys interested in some numbers? Sure. I'd love sure. to hear them, yeah. Okay, Emilio, with the, with the children, with the responsibilities, with the work, knocking everyone out of the park, 22 games talked about. Bobby, hot second. This guy's got 52 jobs on the side, 16 games he's talking about. Amanda, traveling the world and managed to put in 13 games. And then we have Nick, Nicholas. <laughs> we love him. He has played, he's talked about playing five games and then, you know. Yeah! Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And then Woo! me, uh, I've talked about two games. So that's the numbers. That's your quarterly digital logic update. Nick goes Thank hard you. in the paint. When he plays a game, you play it all the way through. And, you know, he does. Yeah, he goes deep, man. He gets into the lore, everything. Yeah, I try to. So my, my thing is, like, for example, I'm talking about Resident Evil today uh, as the game that I played. Um, for those who don't know, I spent the last three weeks selling and buying a house and then driving a 26 foot long truck through the shithole that is. Uh, the America. bottom right, the bottom right hand side of our country, and it's shitty ass roads. Um, but I am back, and uh, I only got to play a little bit of video games during that whole time. Um, but I like to play the whole game and then kind of give updates throughout the whole, like throughout the gameplay. Um, I'm not like Emilio; I don't have that bad of ADHD where he's like, "I'll play Risk of Rain too, and then I'll play." Dark Tide, and then I'll play this, and then like it just nonstop, just bouncing between games. He never plays more than like two hours of a game, you anyways. Wow, I think you guys should fight. Fucking called out, Jesus. I mean, I'm gonna see him like a month anyway, so I'll just like I don't know. <laughs> and also I really laid defense, into him about it. Go ahead. I was gonna say, in the, in his defense, I, I definitely have seen this weekend he was playing a lot, a lot of games. You got a lot. Yeah, of I, game I, game I saw that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Work. Work just told us uh, take the weekend off. You guys have been working really hard. <laughs> We're like, okay, we didn't even know what to do with ourselves with two <laughs> Just standing there with your hands out. I don't yeah, know I what like, to yeah, do. Returning I, to I, Returnal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did. Ooh. Uh, but that is not on the list um, on sure highlights. Ain't. But there are some things on our radar. Uh, these are games that have come to our attention uh, and uh, have piqued our interest. I have uh, an article that Tagloro uh, posted that I found really interesting. Um, so chat GTP is now being integrated into certain mods, 
Um, so Skyrim, uh, somebody has taken a bunch of mods, put them all together and written their own script. Somebody much smarter than me and all that. And so, um, so he, it's a Skyrim VR mod. You can, in normal language, you cast a spell on any NPC and that starts the mod. And uh, you can, in natural speech, talk to an NPC and that NPC will know of the lore of the game that that character should know of. You know what I mean? Like, um, so there, it, it's pretty bad right now. It's really clunky, but you know, this is like the first video. So, uh, he talks to a blacksmith and the blacksmith like knew what time the hours of his shop were. And he knew he, he, uh, the character picks up a sword and he's like, can you tell me about this sword? And the guy tells him the d- description of the sword. And this is being processed this is not pre-scripted stuff so this um he has one mod that's going to jet tat ggp to get the information he has another mod that's applying that script to uh auto voice uh which by the way sounds kind of like the voice act original voice actors um really clunky very very but you can see where it's going and then also um he's trying to put memory into the npcs so they'll remember previous uh Conversations, conversations that you've had with them so uh fucking nuts man and uh, somebody's done similar things to uh banner lord um so you can go up to npcs and you know get a lot more information you have to actually type it out um to them but i mean this is where we're headed guys i mean once that's nuts once a uh, multi-million dollar company gets a hold of uh th- this kind of uh, i mean this kind of tech it's weird but like implementing these in big games even old games like um like the next assassin's creed if it has integrated ai like what the fuck man it's gonna be so much more immersive yeah it's great it's crazy because like we would think some of the changes that, that have been made in like the last 10 years of gaming have been like huge right so for example like in metal gear solid um five when you keep shooting enemies in the head, the more you go on missions, they start to begin to wear like uh, like head armor. If you start shooting them in the head, I mean in the chest, they'll start wearing chest armor and things like that. They'll start patrolling different ways if you're like ultra sneaky and things like that. And that's just like an if-then statement version of coding. When you get to the point where you're like actually having a conversation with Chad GPT and it's pretending to be like some villager in Skyrim, that's like definitely a game changer. That's not like an if-then statement. It's more like a generated response emilio have you have you fucked at all fucked around with at all with um chat gpt just like just the normal interface at all sorry i missed that last part i said have you have you actually messed with chat gpt at all yet uh yeah very little actually um but uh yeah it's it's pretty remarkable how uh it you know it sounds like natural language when the responses come back have you have you tried doing the character thing where you can assign it a character no, I have it. So it'll speak in a certain person's um, like style. So for yeah, for example, I um, so I did a character from Warhammer Total War, and I was like, you know, what do you think is the most dangerous thing to the uh, kingdom? And he begins to like writes out the response. It's like you know, I think chaos is the most dangerous, but however, Skaven is the closest, and it gives like the city names and all these other things and like his opinion on 
on the situation. And I'm like, well, what do you think? What kind of troops do you think you need and all this stuff? And I ended up having like a 10 minute conversation with a robot. So that's pretty interesting. Um, when you guys say it'll bring immersion in my mind, uh, I don't know. I haven't looked into this, by the way, completely off the, off the cuff opinion, but won't it just help people who are making games? Like now they don't have to write out all this dialogue. Now they just have to train an AI model instead of going line by line and like having, you know, an editor and everything else. Yeah. That also. Yeah. But- I mean, I think, I think we're, we're heading towards a rocky road right now. I, I think we're going to start to see a lot of legislation when it comes to like creativity, like creative, um, like uh, possession and things like that. And like who actually owns the rights to the export of like AI interfaces, um, like the music business right now, like Taylor Swift just had a, uh, she just denied a record deal because they wanted her likeness, um, even once their contract was over so that they could generate songs with AI. And so like, um, uh, Bruce Willis sold his likeness and his voice to an AI company as well. So they can use it for, uh, movies. And, uh, you know, that's, it's, it, to me, it's a little odd, right? You, if, if we just start coming out with Michael Jackson songs all over again, we're like, all right, this is neat, but it's kind of weird. Just let the guy be dead. Right. But, um, I don't know. I, I think when it comes to video games, I think it has a lot more application, but I, to be honest, I rather, if it makes, if it makes crunch culture go away, then I'm a hundred percent for it. But if it makes yeah. the games just like roundabout and kind of boring, then obviously don't want a part of that. Cause that's what I'm worried about too, is that like either AI is going to spin the story out in a way that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't AI. Right. And then also too, like, is it just going to be the most like basic models of just regurgitated the exact same story? I'm worried that like the story is going to take a hit for this. Like it's cutting a corner and it's going to harm that. But at the same time, like it could definitely be incredibly helpful and also too like unique and really great, you know, especially if it does help alleviate some of the pressure for a lot of these devs with that aspect. But there's definitely going to be some beginning games that are just dog shit with story (laughs) because there is growing pains with this kind of technology always. I'm imagining like a, like a narrative storyline. That's like someone like a team of people have written, but then like, if you talk to an off the side NPC, they're trained on the AI model, but like what you've done in the story or something, I don't know. Maybe that's, I, I, I think that's probably the best application, right? Keep the main story, the main characters written and voice acted by real people, but keep like the woo woo, like, banded ambusher like <laughs> oh my god you're wearing dragon armor fuck we don't rob that guy and then he runs away you know what i'm saying yeah like make that realistic bobby yeah. are you excited for all this extra dialogue and uh... <laughs> bobby's oh, like i don't yeah. want interaction in my games damn it yeah bobby's it's like, a little that great. fuck the story <laughs> <laughs> as long as they let me skip it yeah. yeah i don't know i don't care like i i don't know it's a big thing in education too this whole chat GPT and AI and all this stuff's got everybody kind of scared. But uh, I think the one thing everybody always forgets, they get kind of caught up on where this is going to go. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of fun and interesting, but um, just remember like in its current state right now, it's really, really shitty. I mean, have you guys mm-hmm. used it before? It's not. Yeah. It's, well, have you it, seen the pizza commercial? That oh AI yeah. Created oh my God. Pizza magic. <laughs> Yeah, somebody posted terrifying. that in our Discord, a, a pizza commercial created by AI. Yeah, and that Look was um, hilarious. That was a little weird. But yeah, it's just, I, I don't think it's very usable in this 
current form and like when it comes to its application to gaming doesn't really interest me that much because I'm not super interested in narrative games. Yeah. I th- I think I think we're going to see the ups and downs of the new technology be developed and it's going to take a, a, quite a while. ChatGPT has already said that it's its next model is on hold completely due to advancements and things like that and possible legislation. So, hopefully, you know, whatever does come is actually a an assistance and not a hindrance. And we all don't get nuked by robots. But Dude, um, it's everywhere, man. The fucking AI uprising. It's every, I feel like every story I see, every movie I see, every game I play, it all has to do with robots taking over. So like, we're going to invoke our own fucking demise, man. But whatever. Uh, and- I mean, it's not like we've been doing a real bang up job, though. So maybe robots would be better in charge. Says the just, robot. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> and that was Chat GTP. Uh, what the hell is above snakes? Well, above snakes is certainly where you want to be. You don't want to fall into a pit of snakes, am I right? But that has nothing to do with this game. This game is a Wild West-inspired survival RPG where you're it's Bobby's favorite. You're crafting and you're farming. But this is done from kind of like a top-down view where it's like a grid kind of based thing. Like it's a strategy game, even though it's not. And so that to me is kind of like an interesting, nice little take on that. It reminds me a little bit of like Age of Empires, but if it was a crafting survival, which I think could be really cool. Uh, it comes out May 20 fifth so it's coming out in three weeks and i just think it looks like it looks cool i enjoy the um the way that they do like the dialogue well they'll have the icon it reminds me very much of like divinity original sin or how they would have done something like that in a sense but this is like i said a crafting survival where you can build your own little base and and all kinds of things you can fish you can hunt you can like create stuff and fight and kill um but i do believe it's pve you can't kill each other and i believe it's also yeah it's single player as well i'm getting don't starve vibes from it oh see i you never know? played that uh, you never played don't starve dude Mm-mm, no i'm not even that big of a fan and i know it's a fucking great game you definitely should play it especially with multiplayer if you got a homie to play with dude it is so good and you would love the art style and like the uh the comedy in the game like you definitely play Don't Starve, man. But I think Don't you can get Starve it for like a is, nickel. Yeah, it's pretty cheap these days. There's a bunch of DLC. It is it is a great game. And I like the art style, but it's not it's like survival. a... It's a crafting survival, but it's also like a roguelike. Like you're, it's a very difficult game, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like you're going to die. Um, yeah, it, a lot. <laughs> Actually, right now, Don't Starve Together is $1.49. Damn. All right. Wow. It's a deal. Well... That's good, and I'll and I'll uh, I'll put that in my noggin for later. Because yeah, right now we're talking about being above snakes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I mean there's not too much more I think I have to say about this game other than like they. I'm reading here that like yeah they think it's just like a lightweight story, so it's obviously not super heavy on the story. I like that you can add different pieces of biomes uh, together, almost like they're I don't know like pieces of cake is what it reminds me of, um, but. You know, this game it looks like definitely like it's interesting. I don't know what the price is yet on it, but I'm looking forward to to seeing it when it comes out and how it is. And so that was Above Snakes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious as to actually something that was thrown to the snakes uh, that I've heard about is the Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Bobby, did you look into that or play that? Because I've heard some dog shit reviews about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I of course... Uh, the game 
has it been released or is it in like did people get early access because i see people playing the game and it's got a oh, bunch of reviews okay it is yeah, out, out now. officially mm-hmm. yeah so the the game came out and I was shocked to look at the Steam page and see mixed reviews. And it's like 51%. Like people are very upset about the technical issues that this game has. Aside from that, it sounds like the game is better in every way than the original. But the technical issues have just, and this is just on the PC. I'm sure the console is fine. But the technical issues have just like completely ruined the game. Uh, there's a lot of stuttering, low uh, low frame rate, and it doesn't matter what hardware you have. It just doesn't run good on anything. Um, did, you, so, did you see that article from the guy who reviewed the game and he tried four different um, video cards and it studied and he did two AMD and two um, NVIDIA all the way from a 1070, I mean 1060 to a, a 4090. And like the game just had problems on every single one. And then after he tried the last one and tried installing uh, his first video card that he was using, it locked him out of the game. And it said that the this copy of Uh um, of uh, the Star Wars game, Jedi Survivor, um, has been used on too many PCs. And that like it's just DeNuvo is is just going ass up like it, it every that's what everybody's complaining about and i can understand why it's just causing people with like multi-thousand dollar computers to stutter and of course you're going to get mad when you spend three and a half grand on a computer and it doesn't run a game well i think you're going to get mad when you spend what 70 dollars american usd on a game and it doesn't run correctly i don't know I'm like honestly shocked by this because the first one didn't have any of these problems. This is from uh, Respawn, which has a pretty good track record. I, I wouldn't have imagined there being so many issues with this. Well, um, in our listener questions, uh, I think Warconius asks, uh, do you think it's because, it, you know, these are coming from the new um, generation of consoles and they're porting from PS5 now instead of PS4? There seems to be less, uh, you know, it's, they're struggling a lot more with it now. Maybe they have to get good at it again, get, get it, getting good at ports again. Because they Maybe. had 12 I, years to port over from PlayStation. People got better at it. And now it's, you know, this is, I think, exclusively for PS5. And more. that's happening more and more. Um, a, a lot of games were coming out for PS5 and PS4 simultaneously. But now you're getting more and more uh, PS5 only. So you don't have that backward compatibility or whatever you want to call it. Um yeah, so uh, personally, I messaged five people that were playing this on my Steam's friends list, and not one of them was having issues. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not everybody. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, and John, surprisingly, he, he's playing on PS5, and um, he, uh, he for the most part, we're having no time problems, but he did have a crash to desktop or crash to PS logo. I don't know what you call it on there. Uh, and he also had a little bit of stuttering, but nothing. He's like, the game is great. He's like, it's fantastic. I have no problems with it. But even there, there were some issues. So um, mm. I think on a game like this, it would have been fine to have the PC. I mean, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But delay your PC release six months. If, if, if you know that this is, obviously they must have known that something was going on just delay it because this is going to hurt your overall sales on steam big time absolutely big time well didn't 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 they change the return policy for this game that you can return it at any time oh no i hadn't heard that that's good 
That's I don't. Positive. I don't know if that's for sure. Uh, if we can get a fact, Nick, Nick, fact check, uh, sniper, that'd be awesome. That sounds crazy, though. Um, no, well, they they did it with The Last of Us, where they they said anybody who wanted to do a return mm-hmm. for The Last of Us that purchased it in the first week of it coming out uh, could do it. And I think they're doing the same thing for Jedi Survivor, where they're removing the two hour rule um, and the possession of at least two weeks rule. They uh they are pretty. Good. I remember the orig- the original Jedi um, Fallen Order was on a pretty deep sale pretty quickly. Like we were like, whoa, this is thirty bucks now. It went from sixty to thirty in like three months. Hopefully, this goes the same way. Um, I'm gonna buy. I mean, I can't wait to play this, but you know, it looks why great. not? Why not wait till it's cheaper and better? better. Because the pat it all patched. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer in you know six months or whatever, four months, whatever right. it has to be. I would be. T- I would tend to agree, definitely, especially if if Star Wars is not your like thing thing like like sniper, like and you can wait a little bit. Definitely, just wait and and play it when it's nice and ironed out. Unless it never gets ironed out because it's EA, right? I I do remember what happened now. Um, it. <sighs> I'm going to get it fucked up, but it, it kind of, let's say it came out in October and then it was on that winter sale right after uh, for, and I was like, where are they really? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's been two months. Yeah. I remember it came out late in the year because there was a lot of uh, questions about whether or not it was eligible or should be considered for the game awards. But, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough spot, man. It's a tough spot to come out at the end of the year. I mm-hmm. tried to find information about the uh, Steam refunds, and I couldn't find anything on a quick search. No news or no no updates on that. As far as I can tell, there was a question on Steam, and a moderator answered that it's still the same policy. So that's that's what I know right now. Hmm. All right. Ooh, that information was as patchy as your mustache, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. For those who are <laughs> listening, it's pretty patchy. Even active. <laughs> pretty patchy. All right. Well... Jedi Survivor is going to need some patches too. So let's move it on to Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, all capital letters. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting you to yell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they dropped the official uh, trailer, uh, gameplay trailer for this game. Um, for those who never heard of Armored Core, um, it is a mech game that pretty much instills the idea of ultimate creativity um you play an armored core which that you literally just start with the core of the robot uh, like the generator and then you just build it from uh from there you can have like a tank robot or you can have like a super nimble robot or you can have like literal treads or like a floating platform It, it gets pretty crazy um from what the trailer shows this game tends to have some sort of um large variants of enemy types and to include like trash and stuff like that in the previous armored core games it was just a lot of like 1v1 fights or the like the like the the way you would play the game um and there would be like a little bit of trash maybe and like maybe it was just ads like your opponent is generating but it seems like they're trying to actually put different enemies and different enemy types and there seems to be like some sort of like actual open world aspect to it which is huge because in armored core you would just play and you would just play in an arena and that's it so it's going to be very different it looks great man this it's pretty i wouldn't say it's rare but maybe like three or four times a year uh, a trailer will be like have me like yeah this is this is some shit right here and this is one of them this uh, this trailer definitely got me and uh this company has been on a roll so um 
from software has been killing it lately. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited for this one. Um, as far as like building out your mechs and stuff like that, the, like one of the enemies was, it almost looked like those, Christian, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are those uh, droids that roll? And then uh, droid decos, droid decos, yeah, droid decal, yeah. Uh, it kind of like with that, but instead of like it, it kind of it rolls in and then it opens up like a clamshell and it's just like a hundred missile shafts in there and it just unleashes its load. It, it looked fucking awesome, yeah. It, it has like a missile version and then it has like a shotgun version where like it just plants and then shoots like a bunch of bullets at you. And you're like, fuck, yeah, yeah. uh, it's like cool, yeah. It, I, I'm super excited for this game. I've been playing this game since like the Armored Core series since I was like 12. So as a 30, about to be 31 year old, I'm excited. How does this stack up against uh, the customization and gameplay of BattleTech? Uh, man, so BattleTech is pretty customizable. I would say that this game has more uh, checks and balances than BattleTech, obviously. Um we don't know until the game actually comes out if they include all the things that they have in the past where, you know, you have like 300 head types and like that kind of shit, then yeah, it's going to be, it's going to blow it out of the water. But like certain cores and certain like arms and legs have rules on like when you can attach them or how you can attach them and things like that. Um, I think it's going to be more detailed than Battletech. From software goes pretty hard in the paint with their features. And especially if it's like a defining feature for a game, they're definitely going to go pretty hard on it. I'm I will say this. I will say this too. Uh, this is, well, as far as I remember in the old ones, it, once you get down to the battles, it's action. This is not a, this is not mech warrior where it's a slow, methodical, s- slow stepping or, or, you know, you with tank controls where you're going one direction, you turn your torso and, you know, the very slow fights in mech warrior. Um, in this, it's, it's like, boosters and side dashes and way more uh way faster than mech warrior but mech warrior is probably the slowest combat of any action game ever like it's super slow i think i think the best way to put this game is that you can kind of play how you want to if you want to play the slow like mode kind of like mech warrior where you're literally just on tank treads and just trudging forward you can but if you want to play like the anime-esque boosters and dashing everywhere and like flying and shit like that you you can do that as well there's laser swords and all kinds of shit so very exciting cool yeah with these graphics too on top of all of that that's pretty fucking sweet yeah so that was uh that was armored core six fires of rubicon uh check it out uh what about a not for broadcast what's that emilio another one from tag laura um we, we were talking a little bit and I said, what are you playing right now? And he said this. And I said, I've never heard about it. So I went and checked it out. And it's sitting at a 94% with 112, um, no, sorry, uh, 7,000 reviews. And I've never seen anything like this. Um, Maybe things that are akin to it, but not really this. So I believe you're kind of the editing booth for like a nightly uh, news broadcast. And it's up to you to edit it. I think you're doing it live. So you're mm-hmm. like bleeping, bleeping out the curse words and making sure the cameras are on the right persons at the right, uh, right people at the right time. Um, which, you know, that's game stuff. But then also there's some sort of story that's a brewing, of course, and something's going on in the background. So you 
got to get to the bottom of that as well. But uh, he's really enjoying it, and uh, the reviews are very good. Um, 94% is pretty pretty high up there. It um, It's all FMV, uh, well, half FMV, and then you have your, your controls as well. Um, yeah, it, it's ambitious, but it seems like they pulled it off. So, um, Bobby, uh, I thought of you first when I saw this. What do you think? <laughs> I remember when this game came out, we, we talked about this before. I think it came up on On the Radar, mm-hmm. and it was on my wish list for a while. But then when it came out, I don't know. I just didn't have any interest in playing it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be interesting. could be I, good. Uh, I watched Tag Laurel play this for, like, a few hours, actually. But, I mean, eventually I had to stop because this game does remind me a lot of, like, Overcooked or the other kind of games where, essentially, um, you're doing a real person's job as a video game. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't I, I usually can't play these kind of games for very long because then I'm like, OK, I'm working and I'd rather get paid to work instead of paying somebody to work. And so but at that being said, this was really cool to watch in a lot of ways, because there's certain things where like the frequency starts getting screwed up and like the mic is weird. You have to adjust that. And then there'll be like commercial breaks coming up. You have to load which commercial you want to use. And like it's it is pretty cool. It's a lot going on all at the same time. It is certainly a game to test your multitasking skills that's for sure um but it did seem really funny and it was enjoyable to watch for a while and i'm sure it would be enjoyable for some people to play especially if people want to get into like a very um i guess like mentally demanding game because there is a lot going on that you have to do and so that can be really nice in its own way to like zone out and focus on that and just like complete these tasks and keep up with it uh one last thing about Tagloro is uh his his name comes from his sister not being able to say Taylor and decided to say, oh, when she was a baby and decided to say something harder, which is Tagloro. And that's why it's a screen name now. I always like that story. Um, and that was uh, not for broadcast. And I just closed the window. Hmm. All right. Uh, what is uh, Redfall? Bobby? Redfall, we had talked about this two years ago when it was announced at E3 back in 2021. It is RIP three forever in our hearts. Sorry, Bobby. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, man. Like E three, it was just this big event that everybody went to, got sick, and then um, you know they made some announcements. Now everyone's on their own schedule. I don't think we moved. We've moved past E three. We don't need it anymore. Um, but yeah, Redfall was a or is a um, first person shooter, open world. Uh, action game. It is multiplayer. Uh, it, you play these survivors in a Massachusetts town called Redfall. The vampires have taken it over and blocked out the sun like Mr. Burns. And it is by the company that made um, Dishonored and Prey, which I really liked Prey. Um, I really liked the first Dishonored too. I never played the second one. Uh, this is Arcane Austin. So pretty good, pretty good track record there. Um, it is 70 bucks, which, you know, kind of confirms, I see this over and over again. Now, I think we've finally moved up to AAA games coming out at $70 with the optional deluxe edition for like a hundred or hundred bucks. Um, it looks really good. And I like the idea that it's co-op. You play these characters. It, it looks like kind of a Borderlands game, I guess. You can play it single player, but I don't know. Seventy bucks. I'm not going to buy this sight unseen. I'm going to have to see 
how people like it when it comes out on May 1st. I could have sworn it was coming to Red uh, to Game Pass. Oh, it might be. It might. You know, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah, it is coming to Game Pass it on is. day day one. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Okay. Do you think that's becoming a tactic where you put your your non AAA game as a seventy dollar price tag, but you put it on Game Pass so people download it there? Oh, I like could see that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Definitely. Interesting. Well, I think it's a, like a well, we're giving it away for and it's not free, but we're we're doing this over here. Um, we're we're already guaranteed a certain amount that we're going to get from that. So if we already have our bases covered, let's just take a risk over here. I'm guessing. What, what do you think, Christian? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say people are pricing their game intentionally high to make Game Pass more attractive. Um, no, that's not. Well, that was Nick's idea. Well, I think they get paid either way, whether you get the game on Game Pass or you buy it on Steam, like they're still getting paid. It's just in one case, Microsoft's paying it. And in the other case, the, uh, you know, the person is paying it. I, I remember hearing or reading somewhere that they don't get a developer doesn't get money on Game Pass until the game is installed, even if it's never played. Um it doesn't use up that license until the game's installed. And that's when the actual transaction happens. I can't imagine it's the same cut. Uh, uh, that's going to be. No, I don't, th- I don't think it's nowhere. probably even close. I don't yeah. think it's anywhere price. near. Yeah, I, I think, but we're basing that on just <laughs> no business acumen at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it looks good. Um, maybe it, I can't, tell bobby uh is new money bags bobby uh a uh game pass subscriber <laughs> no not yet man i mean i i got to see a thieves on steam and that's really what uh what i've been playing a lot lately so there really hasn't been any reason for me to get game pass but i don't I know if what... this game turns out to be good and everybody's playing it then yeah i'll, I'll get game pass cool looking forward to it <laughs> All right, that was Redfall. And then we've got Warhammer 40K Bolt Gun. Yeah, a.k.a. Bobby's summer gift of the, of the summer. Um, so this is, this has been on people's radars for a while. Um, it's definitely a universe in which this style of game would definitely um, kind of exceed expectations, in my opinion. Uh, this is a Doom-like, or what is it called? A, uh, what was uh, a boomer, boomer shooter? shooter. That's, a d- a that's doom like. I like that though. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a boomer shooter, and it's set in the Warhammer 40k universe. You play a um, ultramarine captain, I believe, uh, which doesn't really matter to anybody who cares. Um, but the main thing is that the enemy variety is like quadruple of what Doom is. Um, there's just all different kinds of humans to fight, space marines to fight. Um, demons of different of different categories to fight. Um, people are already giving it raving reviews, and it's only twenty bucks. Um, so this is an immediate pickup for me. I've already actually purchased it. It's ten percent off right now, um, and the reason why it's um, it's getting a lot of popularity right now is that they announced the date of release, and it's in three weeks. So people are like, "Hey, um, if you're going to announce a game." announce it but when you announce the release date let's make it you know earlier than later uh and so that's what they did they were like soon 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 and then they were like all right three weeks 
so. those are the those are the nicest fucking uh, announcements when they're like, uh, "Here it is," and then you can, and then they're like, "You can download it right now." And it was like, what you know, like those are the best ones. But like, yeah, like a couple weeks, that's pretty sweet. That's a nice mm-hmm. spot to be in. But like three weeks from now, you're going to be playing this or whatever. But um, yeah, so I'm yeah, I'm waiting as, for. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you good. Uh, enemy variety, dude. When when your enemies are made up of 17 pixels, like yeah, you can get crazy with the enemy types. So, uh, but that's good. I mean, for a, a lore head like yourself, you're like, oh, that's the guy from the guy from behind yep. the guy. <laughs> from the guy. <laughs> I like I, I see some stuff. Like even I, I have some of the models that are in the game, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's like a little pixelated dude. And I'm like, all right, cool, it's cute. <laughs> and then bang, he's dead. Look at that. Have you ever played one, Nick? A uh, boomer shooter. Oh, dude! I've played. I've beaten all all the dooms. Um, I've played a couple different, a uh, couple of different ones. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But I, I like them. But they're just not like my thing thing. But like oh, obviously like this Reaper, one, you know, with yours truly, I, and you know, I know you liked it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> was I liked it. I liked. I, liked it I thought it was all right. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, bolt gun. It's a boomer shooter. Um, pick it up right now for nineteen ninety nine or seventeen ninety nine American, um, and then what is Open Brush Amelia? Um, I I don't know if I did a follow up on so I, a couple weeks ago I brought up Tilt Brush on VR for Amanda uh, as a suggestion for Amanda. It's a it's a painting game uh, that you can paint in three D space. So you know you just make a stroke right here and that stroke stays there. So you can paint things in uh, total virtual reality. Um, and I mentioned on the podcast that it never goes on sale. And so uh, I forget somebody uh, picked up on that and commented that um, that Google kind of abandoned the whole project. And so nobody's, I wonder whether even money goes if you buy it right now. I wonder if it just goes into a pit somewhere that nobody cares about. But um, so there's no, been no updates, but uh Go to all PC gaming community picked up where Google left off and made open, uh, open brush, which is a community, uh, driven open, uh, source, uh, game with, and they're, they updated last month, at the end of last month. So they're continuously, uh, making this better and better and it's free. That's the best part. So you can just grab your goggles, uh, pretend to paint and send us your, I'm sure you're going to make a penis on here. So send, send us that, I guess. And then (laughs) he wants your penis paintings, (laughs) screenshot it, send it to him. Give me that Jonah Hill level in super bad level of penis paintings. (laughs) That's That's what I want. I want those works of art. I want the, the penis gorilla eating the penis banana. Okay. I want the penis helicopter. Give me – I want all that shit. Dude, we're done with two That's circles and, and a rectangle, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. We want high art yeah. on our lowbrow. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, it's free. Go I get just it. downloaded then, it. <laughs> this is the last <laughs> time we heard from Amanda now. <laughs> She's going to no, be my multi-million no, probably, dollar artist. No, I'll probably paint a, like a bunch of tree titties and then like be like, all right, that's good enough. And then put it down. <laughs> <laughs> How many did you paint? You know, about 3,000. <laughs> a forest worth. It's a forest of tree titties. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's it for On the Radar. 
Um, we're jumping over to highlights, which are games we actually did play and we can speak more um, intently about, I guess. Uh, who wants to kick it off, I guess, uh, Days? Yeah, sure. I'll kick it off with some Destiny 2. Um, I'm slowly learning how to play this game. I think the problem is that every time I play this game, I'm like pretty fucking wrecked. <laughs> So if you catch my drift, I usually it's like my party game. You know, I feel like everybody kind of has that game where it's like you can kind of zone out and uh, it's like the the dumb fun game. Right. And so this to me is that because I love like the little the fact that they kind of assist your aim, you know, like it's really easy to shoot and kill enemies uh, in Destiny 2. And so it's been a blast. I'm playing a hunter. I really love the crossbow and I'm just learning about like the different types of guns and like the void you know uh i want to say void magic it's not i don't think it's that but like the void type guns and all the different kinds of of shit that they've got and it's been it's been a blast i've been doing a lot of different strikes and just running around killing things and uh i'm enjoying my time a lot with destiny 2 i'm really looking forward though to when it like truly sinks in of like how to play and like more of maybe not the meta truly because i don't know if i'll go down that deep of a hole with this game but you know, once it starts like really sinking in, I think it's going to be awesome because it already is quite fun. Shit. I don't know what else to say about Destiny 2. I tried this game a long time ago and I'm always a bit um, overwhelmed by like the amount of content. I don't, like when you first join an MMO that's been going on for a super long time, it almost feels to me that, oh, I missed out on all this stuff and now I have to catch up and anyone I play with isn't going to be at the same level. Was that the case for you? Uh, no, the, the buddy I was playing with, uh, Nocte, he's like really much higher level than I am, but he was really good at like showing around and kind of like what we need to do and guiding me to it. But I agree. And that's always kind of the downfall to trying to join in on an MMO that's been established for so long. And I do feel bad for, um, Nocte and the other way of playing Elder Scrolls online, because I'm sure it's like that for him, even though I've been playing Elder Scrolls online for nine years, like just joining that also can feel super overwhelming and that's how i feel with destiny 2 that's why like i'm really looking forward to when it does actually sink in um and it's because yeah the same thing like it i was super overwhelmed in the beginning of just the sheer amount of stuff that you can do and like what is all of this shit what is bounties versus strikes versus all of this but then like slowly over time kind of whittling it away like it makes more sense to me it does feel a lot like i'm playing like a halo mmo which is awesome and definitely hits the right nostalgic points right and so um i don't know i guess in a way like if you wanted to get back into it you either find a good friend that can that has played a lot it a lot and can show you around or just start off with going really slow and like trying to make friends in the game to show you around and guide you because it does start to really click but it yeah it there's a lot for sure in the beginning it's not as crazy as like guild wars 2 though dude oh my god have you ever tried going back into that no but i would that sounds exciting (laughs) guild wars 2 no it's not you'd think it's exciting then you're gonna log in and you're you're gonna see all the spam for their cash shop and then you're gonna be like fuck this and close it down (laughs) it's it's pretty it's pretty egregious man like i got invited to play guild wars 2 like a couple months ago and i logged in and i'm like holy fuck am i like on a website from like 2003 like why is this like this oh interesting it's too much it's not i don't i don't think it's fun at all like when i logged into see so like i played destiny 2 right when it released i do remember playing that with clown lotion or the lotion and it was 
kind of fun but then like i got really bored quickly and was like eh, not really into it and it definitely feels like a totally different game now uh playing it right now than it did when it released because i know that a lot of people have talked about how like it was ass when it released and so they just haven't even tried it but it honestly does feel a lot more cohesive even though it obviously is also too overwhelming just initially because there's so much that you can do but it's nowhere near the level of some of these mmos where like they've just gotten out of hand like guild wars 2 you know yeah um I remember the Destiny 2 launch, and that shit was rough. There was really? maybe about five hours worth of content in the game. I don't that. remember anyone being pissed. When Destiny 2 launched, I remember doing a lot of Crucible. It must have been because there just wasn't that much. Crucible is like the PvP. Yeah, Crucible is a PvP. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for anyone listening who doesn't know. And maybe it was because there wasn't a lot of comments. But Amanda, I was going to ask you, when you're wrecked, are you wrecking fools? You know, Are you in there in the PvP? Are you killing people? I'm pretty fucked up and I don't play PvP at all because I'm fucked up. So no. <laughs> I'm, I get too messed up for that, man. So it's very fun and therapeutic to just do the PvE. And I like the PvE a lot more anyway. I okay. haven't explored too much with the Crucible PvP. I'm very particular with my PvP. Typically, the only time I like to play it is... Um, when it's like a true shooter, a looter shooter, you know, like Call of Duty, Tarkov, like that PvP I really like. I like PvP on Rust because all of that stuff is kind of about the community. And that is something that's nice with like, you know, for me, like it's Jew for You's community. We'll get together and play like those kind of games. And I like the PvP of that. But just kind of on my own or with one other person, I normally don't do too much PvP. I like mm-hmm. PvE. That's funny you should mention Rust because I actually played that this week. I didn't put it in the show notes because I didn't. I wasn't really going to talk about it. I played it very quickly, but it's funny because you remember I was talking about my friend's uh, kid who I built the computer for, showed him how to build the computer. Um, he's really into crafting survival games, and I'm just like, oh, man, that's too bad. He got <laughs> too- you in there? He got you in, Russ? God well, damn, he dude. was going to buy a game. He had like 20 bucks to buy a game, and he's been watching a lot of YouTube, and he sees people playing Rust, and so he really wants to play Rust. And I'm trying to talk him into Sea of Thieves, but he's not going for it. <laughs> um, so he gets Rust, and I was like, all right, you know, let's play a little bit. And for the first time in years, I log into Rust, and I forgot you spawn butt naked in that oh, game yeah. and um <laughs> literally either gender i was like oh my god this kid's like eight or something i don't know if this game's appropriate for him oh, um no, yeah. and then of course you know it's uh there's other players in there and the things they say are not going to be great but it, it was all right but it was bobby, weird to jump back into that game bobby tell the class what you did you spawned in butt naked and we all know how did you go up to a tree and what did you do Tell us. Tell us well, what you first, did. you got to. I think you spawn with a rock. Mm-hmm. So you yes. take your rock and then you smash it against a tree a few times, and then you can make an axe, and then you can smash that against a tree a yeah. few times and get more stuff. So, how did it yeah. feel cutting down trees? Oh my god! Yeah, didn't feel great, man. Felt like my soul left my body. <laughs> um, but then it got dark and it gets pitch black at nighttime in that game. Uh, and then some naked guy came up and clubbed me to death with a rock. So put that me out of my about misery. Right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a, a good, a normal day's run in rust. <laughs> fortunately, I, I don't know if they, it was like this before, but fortunately when you spawn, you usually spawn along the coast and the map has a, uh, a, a grid. So you could say I'm at G19 and they usually aren't too far away and they can find you pretty quickly. I just remember the days of day Z where it's just like, okay, let's spend the first 45 minutes of playing together, trying to find each other. 
Yeah. No, yeah, Rust has come a long way. If it, not the player base, though, but the game has. <laughs> Dude, it's That's honestly good. every reason why I stopped playing that game is like me and my friends will go pretty hardcore on a server if we don't get our own. And then like some 12-year-old that's like homeschooled because his mom hates his ADHD and his teachers do too just bombs your whole house because he has nothing fucking better to do. And you're like, all right, this is great. I'm done. Yeah. There goes all that work. Mm-hmm. Amelia, we can't hear you, buddy. There's some sweaty uh, people on that on that game, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, that's that was Rust that we were talking about. But the game that I was playing a lot was Destiny Two, um, and but that uh, you know, in old games that are really fun to revisit and check out, uh, you know, is Dying Light Two, which I haven't played in a hot minute. But I see Emilio that you played some of Dying Light Two. What uh, what was that like? Oh no, oh, Emilio no. just had some internet issues, so he dropped. <laughs> He's gone. Let's all get naked. He's gone. Sweet. All right. Uh, well, we can. I right. guess that's all right. We can. Uh, you know, you can tell me about a Resident Four remake because that's that's another old game that is coming back into the spotlight. Dude, it is. Uh, it is awesome. Um, I got to play a little bit more of it, about another three hours of it. Um, <clears throat> because it took me two days to find my PS Five in all the boxes. Um, man, I will say that this game does have some difficulty spikes, uh, and I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, like I just, I just got the, the NPC like follower that you get in the game and, uh, yeah, the game kicks you in the dick pretty hard immediately. Um, it graphically, it's amazing. It's using the other remake engines and that's why they make these games so quickly. Um, the combat is smooth as hell. Uh, it's a mixture of quick time events and just regular shooty and movie. Um, if you like zombie games and you've never played Resident Evil Four, I I hundred percent agree that you should you should play it. Um, from the first boss fight to the last, it's a great game. I'm pretty far into it. I played it when I was younger, and I borrowed my friend's GameCube to play it. If that tells you how old I am, um, but. If you have the time and you want to sink in 12 hours into a game and you want to like an I always say this it's a Japanese version of an action movie an American action movie is every Resident Evil game. Um and the writing is super cheesy and corny but it's it's still pretty fun. Um the combat alone is worth it. Um but yeah that's is guys any of you guys have any of you guys ever played any of the remakes at all? I've only played no. two or three Resident Evil games in my entire life, and they were the later ones. Oh, really? Resident Evil Village is pretty good, and then Resident Evil 7 was really good as well. Um, I would say that this is on par with those as far as like graphics and, and actual like gameplay and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty different compared to the older, like the Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Um, because it was really the first kind of hybrid Resident Evil, where it was kind of like a an, an action game and a, and a zombie game, but it was the perfect balance. Because after this, the series just went a hundred percent action, um, mm-hmm. and so this is like the perfect balance. A lot of people say that this is the number one Resident Evil game, like Resident like Resident Evil Four is the best one at all of them, and I I, mm, I think Village is up there for me. But I think seven is the best because it just completely flips the genre. I mean the the whole um, the whole like sequence of types of games that Resident Evil was, and it makes it an actual horror game again. So yeah, I was Test Resident. Us. Am I coming in now? Hell you yeah, are you coming are. in. 
Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Nick, does any of this scare you anymore? Um, yeah, it does, dude. When a Spanish man with an axe and then another Spanish man with a chainsaw and then like three Spanish ladies that could turn into tentacle monsters are chasing you in a church. It's pretty scary. <laughs> it's very I scary. saw some, yeah, some of the video looks pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I got it. I know I was trying to talk the whole time. I was trying to talk over people, but my hardware wouldn't let me. I got to defend Guild Wars 2 a little bit. John, the very specific uh, circumstances where this is an okay game. If you're happen to be staying at somebody's hotel, I mean, <laughs> their basement in a, um, in a snowstorm, you can't go anywhere, and you're playing on land, and you and your buddy are looking hard for something to play for a long session. We played that shit for five hours, had a great time, actually. And it's free, and we just started, you know, I think because we're playing land, and we're just talking to each other in normal voice, and we're not even using anything in the game other than the game itself there's some really strong things in that game like the re- they really pushed you to explore yeah um and on every map there was like a high point that they wanted you to get to to get xp and then once you get oh, the there vistas. you know you get, yeah you get the yeah. vista and then it does the whole thing the the core game you know it maybe it's just a skeleton of itself now or maybe it's just it's its old stuff but it just started hoarding it's itself too, out no it's too much i think it's like the epitome of gluttony now with an mmo um, like i don't know i'm bloated. really into guild wars 2 like i had five characters mass, maxed out and my one mesmer was awesome with pvp because that's what we used to do in college was uh there'd be like five of us sitting around a dining table with our laptops all playing guild wars 2 together without headsets because we were all together and like love that shit we would just spend hours smoking weed and exploring entire maps <laughs> so <laughs> getting all the vistas fighting and doing all the world events and like yeah getting all the points of interest and everything loved loved that game very very much that's why it's it's very hard for me to try and go back and play it because i'm just like what is all this fucking trash in my face being thrown at me when the game did not need that it didn't need it it was already amazing like (laughs) uh nick uh back on the the resident Resident four so five is that where the series jumped the shark yeah very much so so um, do you think this is where the remakes end? Yes. I, I Either that or what I, what I think they may do is what they did with 2 where they kind of changed the game up a little bit. Um, I think what they're going to do if they do remake 5 is they're going to make it an actual horror game. Um, <clears throat> bar like is. the... Huh? It already is a horror game. It's bar- It's not it's even a horror game. It's scary. Dude, it is not, when you get a rocket launcher and you're like, mm, goodbye, scary man. It's like... it's. <laughs> It's. I don't believe it's you. not very. It's not very scary. What, the, was, what was the one? What was the first remake they made? That two, really, two. It was two. Mm-hmm. Um, no one ever makes the original shit. It wasn't it? it, dude. Yeah, the the big giant gray guy just walking through walls, and he's like, "I'm gonna get your booty," and, but he doesn't say a word. <laughs> it's it's fucking terrifying, dude. It, and that's 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 what makes that game scary is that you're just locked into rooms and you constantly have to avoid this terror that is following you just this hate that. <laughs> unending hate that dread so um, uh so that is a resident, resident evil, evil 4 remake, remake uh what about dying light 2 that's more zombies let's keep let's keep the zombie train going son damn it i really wanted to jump i want to do the capcom thing uh do what oh you want to do a capcom time you want to do you want to do street fighter 6 yeah yeah we can do that uh, you had mentioned like the the dialogue and you know japanese being 
Japanese dialogue being so like goofy and 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 weird, but also just fun. You know, it's not and, it's not goofy. It you know what kills me, dude? Like I I bought the Final Fantasy VII remake, right? And I love Final Fantasy VII, but what fucking kills me is the goddamn anime noises. It sounds like everybody's getting fucking tickled or touched every five <laughs> seconds. It's like Tifa, shoot that guy over there, uh? And you're like, what? Like, why? Why is that a thing? Or like, it'd just be completely quiet, uh? Mm, uh. Like just every five fucking seconds, dude. I'm just like, all right, man. Tickled or touched did it for me. (laughs) Tickled or touched. We're going to have a new segment. It's going to be called Tickled or Touched. (laughs) We're going to play sound effects from fucking video games. And you tell me if it's from a porn game or if it's from an actual video game. I actually really fucking love that. Great second idea. If you don't have that queued up by next week, I'm going to be really upset. Um, So, uh, yeah, yeah. But about the dialogue. Okay. So Street Fighter 6, the demo's out. Um, you can uh, grab it and play it right now. Um, you can only play with two characters, Ryu and their new poster boy, which is whatever his name, Luke, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, the so I guess I'll talk about Street Fighter itself first. Uh, so there's still the super bars, right? One, level one, two, and three. You can do supers of one, two, or three power and that's been there for a very long time and it's almost little subdued it's very small and it's at the bottom what's big and at the front of the game is right under your life bar you have this um that oh shit i'm gonna drive drive meter so there's these like little bars i want to say there's like 10 of them and you can use them for drive attacks so there's like a two buttons you can push together and it'll do a drive attack which is like a Everybody, it's the same for everybody, um, and it does the same thing, and it's very quick. So, peop- it's definitely a forefront in the game. To counter that, there's also drive counters. So every character in the game now has a counter. So, besides um, all the different characters and all everything they can do, if you get really good at drive attacks and drive counters, you'll be pretty good at this game besides that the accessibility is through the roof now they have three control screens uh schemes they have classic where you do a hadoken by like doing the actual input and pushing the button and but they also have two new um skill uh schemes there's multiple button presses so you push like a certain two buttons together and it'll do a special move instead of you having to do the input but then here's the last one which is I mean, I don't know where this is going to go or why somebody wouldn't pick this if they weren't like an old school vet. But now there's just a a special moves button and you just push it. And depending on what direction you it's like Smash Brothers. If you push right and special move, it's a Hadouken. If you push up and this button, it's a dragon punch. You don't have to do the inputs anymore. Um, Do you you, you have an idea of why they might have done that? I think for accessibility and trying to get people, I, I think when somebody says Street Fighter Six, right? They go, "Man, this has been around a long time." Like that—that's kind of intimidating because people have been playing this thing for twenty years now. So that's intimidating. So if if it says you know really easy to learn, which it's never been, not not you know it's easy to learn but difficult to master. But if you lower that bar for people being able to be at least competitive, because the difference between somebody who has 
a little bit of knowledge versus somebody just smashing buttons is huge. The person smashing buttons has zero chance most of the time. Um, so this will give a new player at least, you know, some ability versus somebody who's uh, playing, you know, that has some some history with the game. Uh, that's what I think. Uh, because if you look at Dragon Ball Z, like one of its best uh, attributes was how accessible it was. Bobby, you played it, right? Um, mm-hmm. It was one of your homeworks before. And you, did you find it like easy to learn? Um, I did. I'm trying to remember. That was a long time ago. But yeah, I don't think it was that difficult. Yeah. So I think that's what they're going for here. Um, I love it. I, I think it looks great. Um, it plays great. I have no complaints about that part of it. I, and I do like, you know, the more players a game has, the you generally, the more, the better it is. Um, on the other side of this is the, I don't know what they call it, the world conquest mode or whatever it is. The story so mode pretty much. Character, <coughs> what was that? I said the story mode pretty much. No, no, it's not. So there is the story mode campaign. Oh. But then this is like, create your own character. Like, and boy, can you create your own character. Literally... I mean, you can make anything. I posted my my character. I tried to make myself in Street Fighter, and I, p- I posted it in the Discord. But um, yeah, you can make anything from Dalsam looking guy with stretchy arms to, I mean, you can do a lot, a lot. And so you start this like <clears throat> this campaign where you start at a gym and. You go into this like 3D world and you're running around and anybody you bump into, you can fight. And these are, they're NPCs, right? And uh, you get quests. It's like a, it's like an MMO without other people in it at first. And you, um, you start playing it. And then I guess the further you get, you get these points and you can spend them on skill points. <coughs> and there's a skill tree and you can make your own character with their own moveset completely original character um however you want obviously you know you, you can learn flash kick if you go and fight guile or you can learn the hadouken by going and fight ryu or whatever uh, i don't know if that part of the game is for me but i think it's interesting and it works really well um and this is where i ran into some of that goofy got dialogue but it was fun the whole time i actually never rolled my eyes or anything i, th- I think they did an exceptional job with this game um I'm glad that I have it on our, our, what is it? I don't even know what to call it. Our, our fantasy, fantasy draft pool draft games? pool games. What is pool thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to do well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. This is probably, yeah, this is probably a day one purchase for me. And that is coming out June 1st. Yeah. June 1st. So hmm. really soon. Summer cool. release. Who's yeah, getting the so stick? that was Street Fighter Six demo. Go get it right now; it's free. And uh, Tainted Grail, finally, Bobby. I got now. I I've been trying to get you to play this for like a year, and then you're just going to come here and shit on it. <laughs> uh, well, at first, I was not digging this game. So mm-hmm. this is way more. It's a card battler game, which I really love that genre. Monster um, Monster Train is probably my favorite. Um, but I started playing it and I didn't realize how much of an RPG this game is. Or it's a roguelike as well. Like you die and then 
you start over again, but you have benefits based on your last run. Uh, there is a lot of text in this as well. Like they hit you with a lot of dialogue at first, not a fan of that. But once I got going in this, I actually really started to enjoy it. Uh, it's, I feel like all these card battler games are way more on the cartoony side. And this one tries to be a lot more serious. It's got that, you know, high concept fantasy look to it, but it really feels like other than the actual card based combat, which are the battles you get into, everything else feels like, I don't know, Diablo or maybe even a little like Divinity Original Sin. Like graphically, it looks like that. And also just how you wander around the map. You've got like an inn or a starting area. Um, you go, you meet people, you, ha- you get quests that you have to accomplish. So it's, it's just way more of an RPG than I thought uh, it would be. Um <clears throat> And of course, when I first started playing, I thought this is too simple. Like you have blocks, then you have attacks. And then of course, as the game goes on, you start getting more different kinds of cards that you can make interesting decks with. But I still haven't gotten to that point yet where I feel like I can really find synergy between the cards. I can kind of see it. Like I've seen like, oh, this one works well if you do lots of little attacks or this one if you do big attacks. So I don't know. I just got to build out my deck before I have something meaningful. But I'm actually into it. Like I'm kind of hooked on it. I'm going to keep playing this next week because I haven't gotten too far into it yet. And I'm still, I haven't unlocked any of the other characters or classes. I don't really care for the starting one, but yeah. yeah. That's where the, that's where it really starts to get deep, man, with the other characters. Cause you start playing them in completely different ways. Um, compl- and they also have their um, entire original decks as well. Like, uh, I don't think like the warrior shares any cards with the except for maybe block with the archer or whatever oh so it's an entirely new deck okay that's cool i I believe so and um not just that so you'll get two versions of an archer they're they're named whatever they are but Mm -hmm. um they play they have the same deck but they play completely different and that gets really interesting interesting when you get to the last characters so you get like there's a necromancer right and so he's all about like making little buddies and having the buddies fight for him like a necromancer. Mm-hmm. But then there's like a blood mage version where he's all about sacrificing his own guys as fast as possible. And so you want to make them and kill them as fast as possible and you get stronger and it's the same deck, but you're just doing, it's a different approach. So that's where this game really blossoms is where you, you know, start unlocking all yeah. these different characters. And it's just a different type of game than some of the other card battlers. If you take Slay the Spire, that gets right to it. That's just like, we're all about the combat and we're going to throw you right into it. You know, you choose your little path, but outside of that, you're just doing the same thing over and over again, which is really enjoyable. Like, I really like that. Um, and even the first one that I played, Grifflins, like that's a little more on the RPG side. And I, I really enjoyed the combat in that game. But when I discovered these other ones like Monster Train and Slay the Spire that focused more just on that, I really liked that. So this was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. Like they even have, you manage your inventory. You've got to like slot items and you have healing potions. Like it, it really is a lot more uh, than any other card battler game I've played. It's a lot more like an RPG and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that, but I, I am enjoying it. So two things I want to mention about it too, that I, um, that I, I guess I liked was, you know, you're actually exploring a deep, dark forest and it, it's literally mm-hmm. dark and you need to explore. Yeah, you've got to have torches. the candles. The, yeah, the, the weird the candles, candles out. they call it. Is it Michigan or in particular? <laughs> and uh, 
you know, when you're out in the forest and your shit starts to dwindle and you don't have another one, it's like, you know, I better figure out what I'm doing real quick here because, you know, you can put yourself, you can paint yourself in a corner pretty quick. Yeah, it reminds me of Darkest Dungeon a little bit because in Darkest Dungeon, you've got to keep your torch up. Now, if your torch goes, if it gets dim, then it just creates all these disadvantages for you. And that's kind of what happens in... um, tainted grail as well like when your your weird candle gets low uh well weird candle is what you use to relight your flame but i can't remember what it's called like weird w-i-r-d is what they call like this darkness that's creeping in but when it gets low you'll get these cards thrown into your deck when you when the Mm. torch is low you get bad cards thrown into your deck when the torch is high then you get good cards and i really like these cards too because they mix things up but they also give you an option they say play it this turn turn and you get this benefit or leave it in your hand and if you don't if you don't play it then you get this other benefit so uh it's going to benefit you either way but you get to choose how is this um, the most oh. unique card battler you've played bobby sorry to interrupt but. well i haven't played enough of this to really say because i i've got to get to that point where i can find the synergies and you know really see all the different kind of uh, builds but i don't know it's going to be tough to beat monster train uh i'll say that like that still is i still go back to monster train i play a couple rounds of that here and there um this is just different i mean if you really like the the rpg and you're looking for a little more of like a a little more than just the core gameplay loop then yeah i could see how people would really like this one more but um i don't know i'm gonna need more time with it is my is my audio cutting out by the way no 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 okay yeah. Um, but lastly, uh, Bobby alluded to the uh, rogue lightness of it. Your character doesn't get stronger between runs, but the village you are trying to build up gets stronger. So yeah. Well, you also the, unlock new cards too. Yeah, that's true. Like new cards and new um, uh, runes, I think they're called, or some other thing. Like you just unlock stuff so you can get them in the next round. But yeah, you build that village up. It's hard and to say. Because like there's so many of them, but this might be my favorite card battler. I I don't remember. Cool, that. really? Wow. wow! And it's still in early access too, and it's not it's not a full release yet. Oh, uh, sniper! Um, while you were clicking around there, I saw another tainted grail thing. What is that? Like a different game, or is it DLC? Or what was? Uh, it? Yeah, it looks to be a bunch of DLC down here. Uh, yeah, Fall of Avalon is the DLC. Oh, okay. It's been a long time. I don't know if I want to get back into this, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a DLC. Yeah. How was the DLC uh, uh, received? Let's check that Mostly out. positive for Fall of Avalon. Hmm. 78%. That's pretty good. I mean, is that... I'm a little confused. Is Tainted Grail... Is that just the subtitle? This looks like the main game. I don't know if this is actually... Yeah, no, there's Tainted Grail game. Conquest and Tainted Grail Fall of Avalon, and they look like two separate games. Yeah, I, it's looking like Avalon's its own game. Okay, so I I played Conquest, which isn't in early access. That one is out right now for twenty bucks. Okay, yeah, this looks like a first person action RPG. All right, we don't know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Live research. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. got the stick, Bobby? All right, let's move it on to Elder Scrolls Online. 
Yeah, so I have been playing a shitload of Elder Scrolls Online. That's probably the most that I've been playing uh, this week is this because I am trying to finish the High Isle um, expansion pack or yeah, I think it's an expansion or an additional chapter or whatever because I do really love the end game content in this game. I think it's fantastic. Like I really love Tomorrowwind. I think Somerset is the... Um, best one that they have out there that that was awesome that whole story and the world that you got to explore the silver set isles like it was just awesome so high isle i really want to check out and i've been thinking a lot about you bobby with this because this shit is like sea of thieves and elder scrolls it's all about like pirates and being on ships and going to an archipelago and you're kind of exploring and you're investigating this shipwreck and like going in and grabbing treasure um when you combine it with the previous DLC, which was, I think, the Greymore one of Skyrim, they have this skill line of antiquities where you can excavate stuff and like pull up relics and treasure and go treasure hunting, which is really fun when you are looking for um, treasure and looting and dealing with pirates in the High Isle. And so it's been really cool so far, and I've been enjoying it kind of for the most part. I don't I don't really feel like High Isle is like an incredibly impressive new chapter to me uh, in comparison to some of the other ones. Like I definitely liked Vardenfell and Elsewhere and obviously Somerset way more than this one, but this one still is really cool. And I, today I explored the prologue to the new one coming out, Necrom, where you're going to one of the Televani uh, Isles and like Sadrath Mora and like those places. So revisiting kind of some Morrowind um, land and Morrowind lore. So you know I'm up that fucking alley because that is my all time favorite goddamn game, The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. So I definitely wanted to check that out, and it's so cool because it is like you're essentially a proxy for Hermaeus Mora, the Daedric Lord of like knowledge and seeking. And so everything is centered around like the eye and like seeing everything and like finding knowledge. And it's just, it seems like it's going to be really fun with Necrom. So like I pre-ordered it and I'm checking out the um, prologue to it right now. And it's kind of interesting trying to find like, um, like the connection between essentially their underworld and Nern, which is the world that you're on, because I guess the fabric of it is kind of getting distorted and messed with by necromancers and like vampiric mercenaries and shit. And so like it's very I think the new chapter is about to be very dark and very nerdy at the same time, which will be pretty cool and done in like a um, dark elf type of world, especially with the Telvanis. Uh, it'll be, I think, really I, I'm really excited for it. And I've been really diving into this game and having a a lot of fun of just playing solo and just diving into the story because that's how I've always loved to play Elder Scrolls Online is actually solo. Um, I play it like it's Skyrim and I like to read the stuff and go into all of the crates and barrels because especially if you're an ESO Plus member, which it's like 15 bucks a month, I think you can you can do like a 90 day, 180 day and like a, a 360 day like bracket, um, a 365 day bracket. And so like there's, there's tiers to that, but um, I think it's worth it if you're really in do the game and playing it like I am which is almost every day just for the crafting bag so that way you can have unlimited uh, stuff which is like I said I love to go into all the crates and barrels and everything anyway so I don't actually have to ever worry about my inventory being too full because I'm an ESO plus member and ESO cool- plus I feel like they 
there's a spot that they missed there. You know, they could have done something like the plunder pass. You know, ESO plus <laughs> yeah. it, just, it just doesn't invoke. Like, I don't really want to give my money to that. But the plunder yeah. pass, every time I hear it, I like open my wallet. Like, you know, it just magically my card <laughs> is flying through the air. <laughs> I wonder what it would be if they were to come up with that. Any listeners that are big fans of Elder Scrolls, like you should you should message that in the hangout of our Discord. I'd love to hear like some ideas of what it should be renamed. You know. I mean, we could send them to Zenimax and be like, fix your shit. <laughs> uh, Days, uh, is there any uh, risk of getting burnt out before this DLC comes out? I don't think so, um, because there's a lot of other things that I've been wanting to finish and kind of do. And I just recently discovered the Antiquities line. And so, like, that opens up a whole new world of doing things. Um, there was... Because the one thing that I love so much about the Elder Scrolls Online is that there really are so many different ways to play. Um, back with that group, the Jew for You group, like there's a guy in there, Virus, and like every time I play with him, we play the game like it is. Like I, it brings me back to Guild Wars Two. Actually, it's very like efficient. We move through everything like it's room temperature butter. It's just like nothing is a, is difficult because him and I can rotate and both know exactly what the fuck we're doing and like are very good at what we're doing. And so we'll do dungeon runs and like he would be a good person to play pvp with and so there's like always different ways to play the game but usually i get really sucked into the game when i start focusing on a chapter and like the storyline of it because it is the story that made me fall in love with and be obsessed with the elder scrolls to begin with and it's the lore that i know the most out of all like game ips is elder scrolls so to me when i start getting into a story it's like i'll be here for a while (laughs) um and uh, how excited are you about Skywind and, you know, like a Morrowind coming out in the Skyrim engine and do you, do you know about it or do you, I, like, yeah, are, I, are you feeling excited about it? Like, does- I know about it. I'm not so into it. Like, especially with Morrowind in a way, like I, I almost do prefer like the, um, like the Morrowind inspired. It's just, it's so weird saying that something's inspired by ESO because like the time frame of ESO is actually technically the first, like it's before all the games. It's like mm-hmm. right when all the races started interacting with each other, which is why they had the Alliance war and are fighting each other as well, because it's before like the entire planet of Nern like realized that there were other civilizations on the other side of it. And so it is like the starting point in ESO, but at the same time, knowing what we all know and growing up and like being the age that I am, at least like comparing it to um, Morrowind, I would prefer the ESO Morrowind adaptations of stuff. So like Necrom's going to be really awesome for me because like I loved Sadrith Mora and I thought the Telvanis were fascinating in, in Morrowind. And so um, to me, it's going to be really cool to play it this way. Whereas if I were to go back as Skywind, it would be Morrowind, but just looks cooler. And so, right. I mean, I did, I absolutely dissected Morrowind. <laughs> like my best friend and I, we would sit next to each other and play Xbox, like right next to each other and like broke the game. We found cheats. We played every single way we could. I mean, like I was obsessed with Morrowind. So it's like, I don't need to play it. I still have a lot of those quests memorized. <laughs> I have muscle memory. Of yeah, I, have, I do. There's <laughs> yeah. certain, there's some quests where it's just like, I have them memorized still. And, and cause I used to like play them out in real life with my friends out in the woods. Like it's, I was obsessed oh with it. God. Yeah. Like I love, <laughs> Morrowind, dude. Wow. So to me, it's much more exciting to get something that is new, but done in the same canon in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Or done in the yeah. same world. And so 
I'd rather have that because then it's just like, oh, this is dope, like, and new and fresh and kind of just like an interesting take on something that I do feel like I've kind of beaten to the ground, which is Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. <laughs> I, I went back to Morrowind and I just disregarded Emilio's advice like a fool. I used no mods. I went in Morrowind original and I lasted about an hour. I'm like, I'm definitely going to finish it. You know, I'm going to commit to this RPG. <laughs> and after an hour, I'm like, fuck, I cannot... I, I can't. It, I can't go back. I have all this yeah. nostalgia, and it's just it's just not there. I need it's to mod hard. it. I need to. I need to upgrade it. Yeah. yeah. Um. This is. I never played it, but um. I remember I was getting on a plane or something, and uh, this guy was had this huge laptop, and I was like, "What are you playing?" Because I saw this. You know, I saw a sword and a board, and I was like, "What are you playing?" And he's like, "Oh, this is called Morrowind." I was like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, see those mountains over there? I was like, yeah. He's like, I could go to them. I was like, no way. <laughs> He's like, yep. <laughs> and, that, and then it just became like, kind of like a myth for me. I was like, there's this PC game out there that I could play and go to the mountains. But I never actually got around to it because um, EverQuest took over my life completely. Mm-hmm. Never made it to those mountains. Never did. So you can, Damn. you have to, even if you own Elder Scrolls Online, you have to pay 60 bucks for the expansion? So the way that they kind of do it is um, there's Elder Scrolls Online, which is the base. And then if you get ESO Plus, then you'll actually unlock a lot of DLCs. And some of the DLCs are chapters. And then some of the... Cha- like So there's all these different chapters for the end game. And some of those chapters are DLCs and included in ESO Plus. But some of those chapters are expansions. And the expansions cost extra money. And so Necrom is an expansion. And typically what would make it an expansion instead of a DLC is an expansion comes with new skills, like potentially a new um, profession. It's like a full fleshed out game. Um, Whereas a DLC might just be a little bit of a new zone, but not... A bunch of new stuff like i remember when they came out with orsinium which was like the orc area um that was a dlc because it was just like a smaller map and it was just story and that was it whereas when they came out with elsewhere it was an entirely new chunk of the map there was i think that is when the necromancer as a like way to play or a class came out they had all new events all new kinds of things in it and so when there's enough content for it that's when they're going to make it an expansion but it does seem to me at least that nowadays all the new chapters come out first as an expansion and then after like a year or two they kind of go down to like a dlc status in a way um but they're their whole thing from the beginning was you buy the game for 60 bucks and you don't pay a monthly fee, right? There is no monthly fee. Absolutely. And you really don't need it. Like I only, like I said, I only feel that ESO plus is really justified and worth it. If you are getting to the point where you're playing it almost every day, just for like the inventory shit alone. But then you are able to play any dungeon you want. Cause most of the dungeons and, and like the different, uh, dungeons that they have or like if you wanted to view them as like a raid or as a strike those kind of things they're like the little like roguelike elements or whatever you're going through and just clearing stuff fighting a boss and then that's it um those are the dungeons and those ones 
they have a lot that are DLCs. And so you would get that in ESO Plus. And then additionally, too, you would get Crowns, which is their kind of like cash store for mostly cosmetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the cosmetics are cool, like the different mounts and the different little pets that you can get and that kind of thing. So I only feel, though, that ESO Plus is actually worth it if you're playing it every day, because honestly, there's so much fucking content in this game for just the base price that you definitely i definitely think that the base game is worth it and then like i said if you're getting really into it and playing it every day for like a few weeks then eso plus will just refire something new in you and like play a whole bunch because then it just unlocks all this end game kind of content i can't come up you also get With DSO Plus, it looks like you also get bonus gold, increased experience, faster crafting progression. Yeah, you get quite a you get quite a chunk of things. Honestly, it, I feel like it is a really good bang for your buck if you're into the game because it's you know you do get a lot of extra things with XP. Oh and- shit! They got Bobby. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I'd. I, I was surprised to see that I actually own this game. I didn't know that yeah, I dude, did. We, we jumped into this. No, I remember playing it, but I don't. Yeah. I, I think it was like in beta or something. Like I remember playing it when it oh, first yeah. came out. Well, I remember. It is- it is nine years old, so like it's been out for a very long time. Because mm-hmm. I always kind of this is the one game to me that like I'll leave for like a year or two and then come back and be really into. So I think I'm just in that phase right now of VSO, and so it's it ends up happening. But it's been out for nine years, so it's a very good chance that yeah, like you had it when it first came out. I remember, Bobby. You can play for free. You don't have to. You don't have to get the. I want to call you. I want you still have to buy the DLC generic. though, right? Elder Scrolls After Dark. You don't have to get the. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay for that. You can just, just because you own the game, you can play the game. And man, Days makes me want to play this so bad. There's Every a, time she talks about it, I'm like, do I have the time? Could yeah. I find the time? What do I have to cut from my life to have the time? <laughs> well, what's cool, like I said, is, is this kind of a game, there's so many ways to play it. Because, like, I also enjoy popping in and just kind of running through stuff. And like I said, once again, it's kind of like Guild Wars 2 of, like, exploring. Honestly, just exploring the map and trying to unlock everything is fun, especially if you roll with a group. Um, it's super fun to play PvP. It's fun to do these dungeons. It's fun to just join with a bunch of people who are just people will do these things where like they'll go on like these world boss runs where you have a huge boss that everybody can join in on and somebody will form a group and they'll say in like chat like anybody want to do a boss run and then you join with them and there'll be like 20 people and you will all just like complete this area of the map running around killing bosses back to back to back and like when those kind of moments line up and happen it's awesome and it's a totally different way to play than like if you were you know going into town and learning about all of the stuff going on and doing all the quests because there's a lot of quests and there's a lot of dialogue so i don't know bobby but there's a lot of ways to play the game and you don't have to play at the very dialogue heavy mm-hmm. like i mean there's a lot of dialogue RPG. in world of warcraft too but you know you can skip all that i mean as you long as it's not here. like cyberpunk 27 2077 level of dialogue i think i'll be okay there's a lot of dialogue in this because there's a lot of different quests and there's just there's so much content like it's literally the whole planet of Nern uh, of like the Elder Scrolls universe and so because you can really go ever since they came out with one Tamriel about a year or two after it launched it allowed people to go anywhere because initially when it launched you could only travel within your alliance and that was fucking shit and everybody complained about that very much because then you couldn't play with your friends and so one tamriel they changed it but i think in a way they did it on purpose because once again following the lore this is when like cultures were just first starting to meet each other like 
you know, Bretons didn't know Argonians existed. And so like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to just fast travel to the opposite side of the planet because they didn't develop the technology yet in in the very beginning. So I think it kind of like lined up and made sense after a year where they're like, okay, enough fighting in the game has happened that there are people migrating to different parts to where now everybody can go kind of wherever they want to go. And ever okay. since they did that, the quality of life of the game went up drastically, I think. I think I'm going to nail it. I got it. I got it. Okay. This is where all the races came in. They started mingling, right? Elder Scrolls interracial. <laughs> That's oh I don't know. I don't know, dude. <laughs> you're not going you're not to subscribe to that? All yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really roll off. Well, I'm not going to say anything else, actually. I don't know. You <laughs> should just call it Elder Scrolls more. All right. It Who's got the stick, ESO. Amanda? Well, you're like, there's drinking the Kool-Aid, and then you're like submerged 30 feet underwater. She's making the Kool-Aid, dog. <laughs> yeah. She's choosing the flavor, and she's choosing fucking deep red. She's like churning the Kool-Aid, dude. Like, it's always. a fucking vet. It's always going. That's right. That's right. And uh, and that's not a bad thing either, man. Well, yeah. I mean, but the, the thing that's always... Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm completely lost with that. I want to hear I want to hear Emilio about uh, some Dying Light 2, because that's actually one game that I, I haven't been playing as much as I've wanted to. But I think you've been playing more than I have. Um, yeah, definitely. John and I had a little bit of time last night, and I've been wanting... I'm like, this is like a great game that's just been sitting there, and I've been abused, you know? I haven't been feeding it, haven't been taking care of it. It's a shriveled thing in the corner of the room. And so I was like, let me give it some attention. And I'm glad I did. Like, the multiplayer on this is so well implemented, you know? It feels like you're playing a single-player campaign with your buddy at the exact same time. It's just really well integrated i think so like if somebody's lagging behind you can teleport that person to you anytime it's like a like a uh, i don't know like a grappling hook You're just like dude are you stuck or whatever like i gotta get this story done with and you, or if you start a story part you'll just teleport right there and you're part of the conversation and like it doesn't care where you are where you are in in the game world um it just sucks you up because it knows that like you're not supposed to miss this the little part of dialogue or whatever it is. There's it could been be so jarring, many but times who- where I love that though. Like that has actually saved me. That no, I like genuinely it. Yeah. saved me. I've been like drowning with a shitload of zombies on top of me and I'm like about to die. And then like the buddy that I was playing with was just like, No, hold on, just just hold on a little bit longer. I'm yeah. like, I got you, and then boom, I get instantly teleported to the to where he's at, and I'm like, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were talking days, I think, me and you talking about, like, uh, playing single player, uh, playing multiplayer games, like single player games. Like, like, a lot of times, I don't like to be bothered. I want to get through the content, not just the game, right? You, know, you want to hear everything, and you get yeah. rushed through things. And this just did such a good job of, of doing that. I do feel like I'm playing single player but my buddy's right there that's exactly how it feels i so agree it's with very that. well done yeah. um besides that um the controls they definitely do their own thing like they don't follow they don't follow anybody's uh tried and true like it's you know they they did their own way it works i guess but when you left this game for a long months or if, if not a year and then came back you're like how the fuck do I throw a knife? Like it's it's weird. It's weird at first. It's but, not you know, we're intuitive. Yeah, yeah. It's not intuitive. Only because they didn't copy everybody else. Um, 
yeah having a good time um recommend it it's on sale right now um so uh yeah it's good i also recommend it it's good that's dying light too and that is highlights i believe almost everyone it's time over the weekend i went to calgary expo which is like a comic and uh video game artists you know just nerd thing in calgary and it was weird for the first time i saw like a clip hayden christensen was there uh, and he gave a talk and i saw i saw the clips on social media and i was like oh that happened like i like cool like in calgary like you don't really expect that calgary isn't really like a cultural hub for anything anyways i got a six star wars tattoo and star wars jedi survivor came out and you know in honor of it being a game that's a little too pricey for me i thought we'd go back in time as a group reminisce about our favorite star wars game so uh, I guess Bobby, if you'd like to start us off with your favorite, oh my this God. is maybe a known thing, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what my favorite Star Wars game is. I talk about it all the time: Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight. Absolutely love that game. I think it was the first Star Wars game, at least first person shooter Star Wars game with a lightsaber. I, I'm trying to rem- remember if the original Dark Forces one had one. They must have, but the lightsaber uh, was just. I don't know. It, the lightsaber battles were absolutely great in that. Like every so often you would have a boss fight with um, w- with one of these dark Jedi and and those were always super fun. Plus it was a first person shooter. It's just so many great things about that game. You've heard me talk about it way too many times, but uh, I'll mention another one. I'll give, give a shout out to Rebellion, which is a game that nobody remembers. Star Wars Rebellion was this grand strategy game that came out, I think like 97 or 98. And I remember seeing the cover of it at the store and it was just this, it was, I think it was that undershot of the, the death star, you know, from a new hope or not the death star, but from a star destroyer where you see that giant star destroyer just pass over the Carillion Corvette. Um, and I remember just immediately being drawn to it. It was a great game, but these games take forever. They're like super long, but it, you know, if you play a single player, you just pick it up as you go along. Um, it was a great, unique strategy game, and you can get it for free now. It's on. There's a website that lets you download games. It hosts uh, games that, if for some licensing reason or another, they are completely free now. I can't remember what that website is called. Got it. All right, I'll think of it. Like three weeks ago, too. I forget what it. I, I, yeah, I feel like it comes up every now and then. Um, but you can find this game for free now and it's super good and what i thought was so cool about it was it actually has characters from the books um it's got general thrawn a few others that i can't remember but it's got characters from the extended star wars universe um and this was like back in the 90s when the extended star wars universe was a little different than it is it is now there wasn't as much of it um but you didn't really see them too much like you never really saw thrawn in a video game but uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. They had the extended, some of the extended extended universe units too. Like I think they had Dark Troopers, if I remember right, is like a high uh, character for the Empire, which is just in the books at that point. I don't think they exist in any any game before that. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion is the game that I whooped Bobby's ass in and he still won't rematch. He just won't do it. I just, I bring it up. I bring it up by, by, Uh, by monthly. Well, it is a long game, but yeah. So let, let, well, let's clarify here. I was playing the bad guys. And so the bad guys 
the way you lose is if they take over Coruscant. Um, Obviously, you can't let the jewel fall. Yeah, so I had I had forgotten that little detail. (laughs) So if you're if you're playing, um, so you could have like a massive fleet somewhere else. But if you if you leave Coruscant unprotected, they could come in and just win the game instantly. Uh, The rebels they can move their base wherever, and you have to actually discover that and then destroy it. So you know, even if you discover the excuses, who won? (laughs) Well, obviously, Christian won. Bobby took Emperor Palpatine off Coruscant, Darth Vader, his whole garrison. I was like, free meat? I don't know if he just wanted the game to be over, though. Maybe he, like, maybe I won well, by the, Bobby's design, you know? That does sound like a disadvantage. Does the Empire get an advantage? Yeah, the Empire has much stronger Guns. Uh, fleets. And well, they start forces. off stronger. Yeah, you start off with an advantage. So you have to like build up and spread out, but as the game goes on, it kind of evens out. I'm pretty sure that website is Abandoned Games. Yeah, my Abandonware. That was the website. Sweet. Okay. Rep. Um, Amelia, what's your favorite Star Wars game? Um, honorable mention to Super Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back on Super Nintendo, I believe. Um, when, you know, this is before I had a Super Nintendo. This is the first time I can remember making the connection from something really impressive, uh, like a, like a movie that I loved and then seeing the characters represented well enough that I was like, Hey, those are fucking, uh, walkers. Those are ATATs. And that, that, those are the little spinners, the little, uh, things that fly around. I don't know what they're called. Uh, Imperial probe droids. No, <laughs> the ones that wrap, wrap their legs up those um speeder type things oh snow speeders snow speeders yeah nice and i was like oh my god that's so cool and uh, you know you get a lightsaber and all this stuff and just the level of how impressive or impressed i was by by that and not just first time that happened with star wars that was the first time that happened with any game that i was just like sure sure i had played the lion king on super nintendo and i was just but it was i don't know wasn't cool this was fucking cool you know what i mean um so anyway um uh yeah but this is not my favorite my favorite is actually uh jedi fallen order i I think that's a fucking it's uh, it's funny because like i don't know before i played that game uh days and i had a conversation on here about how uh games a lot of games front load their better content up front because you know people aren't finishing games and um a lot of for for a lot of reasons um yeah production costs you know you get towards the end crunch time all that stuff the game starts to suffer towards the end this game just keeps getting better and better and better all the way through and all the way through up until the very end where there's a you know a awesome cameo that's a little bit more than a cameo like it just all the way through solid 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 um it's my first souls light i, I mean it's very light on the souls light but it made me like a souls light game which it, nothing else has been able to do that you know except for a little bit of elden ring um incredible game. incredible game I, I love it i love i've talked about it when i played it when background characters that you think are just background characters and you go and talk to them and they actually have a believable um rapport with you like mm-hmm. you're like not just like uh, r- uh, the rebellion and or die no it's not that it's like 
this fucking sucks, man. Like I haven't eaten. <laughs> it's rough out here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sorry, man. I'm gonna go kill some stuff with my laser sword. You know? Um, yeah, it's really good. Sweet. I definitely need to beat this game. Yeah, Fallen uh, Order is great. Yeah. Is it on Game Pass too? Uh, yes, no. it's oh, an it? EA thing though. Yeah, so. yeah the EA Connect thing back yeah. in the day. <laughs> EA Origin is on Game Pass, and you have to like log into both simultaneously. And there's some weirdness in there. I just tried it like last week, trying to get the F1 game to work, and I couldn't get it to work. So, mm. yeah, for what it's worth. It- it's uh, I didn't like the interface. It's like running three different background yeah. programs just to play a game. And you're like, oh, I have to launch this and I have to launch this and I have to launch the game. It's like, all right, that's kind of weird because you have to have Game Pass open while it's running. And whatever EA's thing is called, that has to be running. And then the game's got to be running. That's sus as fuck. Damn. Yeah. Nick, what's your favorite Star Wars game? My favorite Star Wars game is Knights of the Old Republic 1. Um, it is one of the, when I was a child, actually when I was a young adult, I guess, or just 13, um, it was the game that I stopped playing like shooters and all kinds of like ADHD, like helping games. And it was a game that really slowed things down. And I, I took appreciation for like the story and like the combat style and, uh, the RPG elements. I really it really kind of changed my outlooks on, on video games as a whole. I think the closest thing I ever played with, like to that would be like champions of Norath. But then again, that was a, like it wasn't a turn-based, you know, action game. Um, it is so good that I even replayed it on an iPad when I was in language school. So, uh, during between classes, um, I can't wait for the remake or reimagining or whatever they're calling it. Cause they, I believe they did confirm that. Um, hopefully they do that old fashioned, like, Hey, it's available in two weeks kind of thing. Cause I don't want a long drawn out campaign for the game. Everyone's going to buy it anyways. It's fucking star Wars. Give it to us. Just send it. Just over. fucking just be like, dude, Hey, it's coming out. When's it coming out next Tuesday? All right. All right. I'll buy it. Goodbye life. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I just recently saw a like top 10 list of most expensive games ever made. And it had like the costs and whatever and this is still on there this is like number six still oh wow a lot of uh, what what he's talking about was um it's a it was a very expensive game to make at the time Uh, it sounds like they made one of the best star wars games of all time though and one of the best video games of all time i've never played it dude it's like 25 bucks on the apple store by the way i tried to go back and play it dude and it was just like it didn't work and stuff it was all clunky so I am. It is I think you should laptop. try the GOG version, by the way. I think that's the one that actually comes with a bunch of like fan made fixes and stuff. Optimizations, I find, yeah. I find that whatever like old ass game that you're playing that didn't really, doesn't really have support on Steam, yeah, GOG usually has them fixed and stuff like that. Comes out of the box. Yeah. Um, this- I forget. So is part one or part two the like mega super game that everybody loves? Is say that one more time. Uh, there's a part two of this, right? There's yes, the, there's a there's a part two. And which the, one of yeah. those is more beloved? The part one. Okay. Well, part two they but never I, really finished, right? Like that kind that got a little weird got, at the end. Yeah, the game was kind of broken towards the end, if I recall correctly, and also it kind of had an open ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tried to restore some of the, the content, but 
I remember trying to play it. it like there was this whole planet that they that got cut out of the game, and then people tried to put it back in, but it didn't really work quite right. Kind of messed up my save. I'm surprised nobody mentioned. Um, what was that one on the N64 with Dash Rendar? Sh- Shadow yet. of the We're Empire. Not done yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, we still got days, right? Way to yep. spoil Amanda's game, Christian, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I was going to say, um, you know, ironically, talking about the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, number two was actually, like, my favorite first stint uh, for a little bit, but nothing takes my heart like the Star Wars Episode One racer on Nintendo 64. Mm. <laughs> I loved having my own speeder and racing people, and, like, I would even race my siblings just to... Uh, just to beat them we'd even like well i'd play and then i'd make them play and we'd look at our times and compare and then (laughs) so like i dude i loved this game this game was so much fun to play i played a lot of this um i just i had to be number one with every single map um but otherwise the other game that like definitely sucked my soul in was star wars knights of the old republic 2 the sith lords i made like a good person with a green lightsaber and i went with all the good uh you know nice person responses and saw the storyline of that and then i made a sith character and just tried to fucking kill everybody and it was it was great i loved this game this game and star wars galaxies like yeah they, i loved them both they were so good now, okay I, I remember a star wars racer that was like chibi um like pod racing uh, like you know like, oh like, i know what you're talking stuff. about yeah, yeah. I think it was like was, a big-headed one yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember if it was very good. It was trying to take, do a Mario Kart thing with a pod racing. Thing. Wasn't it? A, wasn't it like a handheld game? Uh, no, I definitely played it on console, but that's as far as my memory banks will let me go. But uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't Mario Kart. It just tried to be, and it was fun. You know, we had a good time with it. Yeah, Star so Wars Racer was a childhood favorite of mine. Everything that happened in that game in my mind is canon. Like all the races I had with my brother, that, that should all be included. <laughs> that was great. Quadrenero. Did know, you who'd you who'd champion. you play as Zabulba? No, dude. Why play a Zabulba when you have Quadrenero? Four engines, dude. Four engines. Four engines. You hear that, everybody? More's better. <laughs> More is better. More is better. A funny okay. thing about episode one is like when, especially around the racing times, so you hear all these languages, and so much of it is Spanish. It's just Spanish and oh, like funny voices. Really? Yeah. Sped up. Do you know? Do you want to know uh, the Nicholas Star Wars fact of the day? Yeah. Sure. So when uh, Darth Vader was first seen, um, and if you were on a big enough screen in person, you can see that he had symbols on his chest, and it's just Hebrew letters that are turned sideways and upside down. That's it. (laughs) It's nothing special. (laughs) Sometimes you got to go for those easy wins, and then they made a whole language out of that, Aurobrush, the Star Wars uh, alphabet. Hold up. Star Wars Racer is on Nintendo Switch? Goddamn. We about to get on the switches and race. You know what I'm saying? It was my favorite game. You know what I'm saying? If they haven't updated it, it could be a bit rough. Okay. Star Wars, my favorite Star Wars game. There's so many. I can't, like, I've played Star Wars games since I came out of the womb, dude. Like, I can't, and I I can't think of a bad Star Wars game that I've played. Um, Maybe the Lego ones for me didn't really take for whatever reason, but Star Wars Obi-Wan, I wanted to mention because I probably, like, me and my friend Josh would stay up to like 3 a.m battling each other in the arena in this game and also i talked around and this only came out for xbox so not a lot of people have Mm. even heard of this game have you guys seen star wars obi-wan before nope i have i do i remember fucking running this game and not being able to fucking do anything after the first two hours (laughs) because the uh the the game i rented was all scratched 
it was all it was all fucking scratch and i had to return it in at best buy i mean not best buy fucking uh blockbuster was like fuck you it's not scratched enough to give you your money back yeah i remember renting this game well, the only reason I know of this game is because I've looked like what are the most popular Star Wars games? And this one's always near the top. Like it's pretty far up there. Now it was on Xbox, so I completely missed this one. But I do kind of feel sad that I can't play this. Maybe there's some Xbox emulator out there where I can check it out. It might be worth it. Like it's the first Star Wars game. And I think this is true. But if it's not, you know, forgive me because I'm talking on the spot. But that had a lightsaber physics. Like if you had your lightsaber and it went across the wall, you know, it would make a yes. hole in the wall mm-hmm. and when you were fighting other people that had lightsaber resistant material or lightsabers your your character hit where they were on their character and it just felt so awesome you know um the games i played before it was kind of janky where you slice your sword and then randomly something happens and nothing could really be blocked and uh yeah this one has a special place in my heart also the first time i learned that um, in the Star Wars universe, there are lightsaber resistant materials, which I can't remember right now, but now they're using Beskar? Uh, no, it wasn't Beskar in this game. This is before Beskar. This was uh, something that starts with a K, because one of the missions, you have to blow up the lightsaber resistant factor. You know, the Jedis are being terrorists, basically. It's Kevlar. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Star Wars Obi-Wan. Okay, that's it. Thanks for your favorite Star Wars games. I found Obi-Wan. it. It's called Super Bombad Racing. Was the... Uh... Mario Kart super, uh, Star Wars game. Dude, that Thank should be you for the that. ESO. That should be the ESO subscription name. <laughs> super <laughs> All right. Question for Nick. This has been sitting here. Oh, we're, we're going to hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Turn it back now. That was that was our highlights. Those were the games that we did play. Um, and now we're going to be talking about uh, questions. Um, you can submit questions on our on our Discord under the listener questions section. Um, but we do have a plug from days before we go ahead and get started with this. That's right. That's right. We're talking about DLG con the fifth year, the fifth year anniversary. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be in San Diego first weekend of November. And, uh, it's going to be a dope ass fucking time. We have searched through lots of VRBOs for luxury, fantastic meetup spots for us to hang out and have come down to two. And it kind of depends on the size of how many people are going. If we've got a bit of a smaller group, then we've got a lovely uh, house that seems to be close to Pacific Beach and it's on the beach. And so that would be really fantastic and really cool. It has a pot tub and everything. And so that's really fun and nice. Has a whole nice little like backyard uh, hangout spot for everybody, but all the houses seem to be detached, and a lot of them are private. So that's a cool option. The other one is the one that oh, wait, uh, there's more. Yeah, the other one is fucking awesome. It's like it's on like top fucking, of it's. Yeah, they so call exciting. it a rock star villa, and it's an entire villa. It is. It's enormous. Um, there's tennis courts on it. There's a huge pool. There's an entire slide, and there's torches that you can like kind of jump through to jump into the water. It's eight feet deep. The pool is and heated, and there's a big hot tub, and there's a swim up bar, and an entire like movie room, and a whole game room in the basement. And did I mention tennis courts and putt putt golf? And so we can do golf it, but in real life together. This place is nuts. So if we get enough people, we could be balling out, especially for a five year anniversary of DLG Con. How many people do we need? What we need we need at least like 16 i'm gonna say 17 to make 16? it really fantastic people we can yeah. get 16 we can get it Come i on. think so too but I think if, we're gonna do it actually 
I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really epic and really awesome. And so if you're interested in that, uh, we have a DLG con planning channel in the discord and so keep an eye out on that. I'm thinking what we're going to be doing is we're going to be collecting um, $100 deposits from people. And you can select then what room and stuff that you want. Um, and then based on the amount of people that send in deposits and claim a room, will definitely tell us whether we're going big or whether we're going something really nice on the on the beach. Because the other option's nice, too. The, the smaller one's nice. But so- if we can get 16 people, dude, holy shit, we are about to be balling like... Um, you know, like a, a bunch of a bunch of wild, fun gamers doing a bunch of wild, fun <laughs> shit. <laughs> like a bunch of fucking forty-year-olds yeah. with some oh, booze. Gamers, gamers gone wild. That's gamers, gamers gone, gone wild. wild. That's right. Wild. Yep. Jesus. DLG iteration. So we're no, dude. Stop. Just fucking. Um, it. um, it's in go time, right? Like, what is the timeline for people to kind of get their interest and send their hundred bucks your way? Like, what are we looking at? I think we should look at um, the month of May, like shut it down in June. I think I, I do want to point something out right now. As someone who just looked this up like 10 seconds ago, you cannot b- book most flights out with most airlines uh, for that week yet. Um, so we might want to do May. We might want to do early June. Um, but once it hits the second week of May, you can book throughout November. Perfect. Because yeah. flight 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 prices are definitely a big reason. I should be going, and I say should very harshly, because if I go, that means Leslie's going, and if Leslie's going, uh, that means Vivian's going, and because we'll be so close to uh, Emilio's house, we can just be like, hey, here's here's Vivian, and then here's my parents Vivian's, will show up, yeah. and then how about? Yeah. Um, Nick, uh, as somebody who just went for the first time this last time, um, sell, sell me on, the, well, did you like it? Did you have a good time? Um, I had the time of my life. Um <laughs> <laughs> he says it in the most unenthusiastic way, dude. Like, I, was, oh, man, I had the time. Of my- it was the best was- time of my life. <laughs> no, uh, in, in all actuality, it was really fun. Um, I don't think I've had more fun in two days because I only went. I, I was there for a shorter period of time. I, I got there a day after the, everything started. Um, at the time, I was watching my money um, dealing with being unemployed like and not receiving like VA payments. And, and so it was like a pretty big deal for me to go to it. Uh, we had to make a lot of sacrifices. I had to sell a lot of magic cards and, and, and D and D and D and D models and a bunch of other shit just to be able to go uh, to include my car. Um, but eventually I, I showed up and, and it was interesting, you know, meeting the fans and things like that. Cause you talk to these people online all the time, whether it be through text or, 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 you know, online through the, you know, through discord and to put a face or like just a body to the, to the, to the voice is nice to do to everybody. But then again, you have Emilio there who's turning everything to a fucking 11. And then you have sniper who's in the background, like, Hey man, everything's fine. Just chill, bro. Have a beer, relax, take a nap. And then you got Bobby, who's like, let's play some goddamn board games and do something before I go fucking crazy. <laughs> um, but in all actuality, that was when we were in Texas. This is going to be San Diego. So there's going to be probably more dining out or more group activities or just bigger events and things like that at the house itself. Um, yeah, if we get that second house, I mean, there's no reason to go anywhere other than food. But exactly. I, yeah. Um, and and San Diego's. Huh? Have you looked at that house? N- not yet. You to should be look at it and then get back to me, dude. Yeah, you I should. I have to take a look at it. 
I'm going to post the um, the houses in the DLGCon planning channel right after the cast, so that way then everybody can look at the two options as well. We had them posted in the crew, but we're going to move them over to DLGCon planning so all of you could see exactly what we're talking about. Both places are awesome. I mean, like, I don't know. I've gone every year. Christian, I think, has gone every year. Obviously, Bobby and Amelia have gone every year. It's 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 still, to this day, like, always the funnest weekends and the funnest shit that I do. Like, it's awesome. I love DLGCon. The first time I went over for the first year, I had just started, um, like, listening to the podcast. And I was worried, like, who are these people? Like, these are all people from online. Like, is there anyone going to be stopping people from being like you know if they get violent or if they're just being rude and creepy um and there's just like we all agree there's no tolerance for any of that like agreed wow well, yeah. just big pause i didn't know just, you were asking dude. i oh, thought yeah, you were yeah. you were just making you a statement like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no yeah. but like like we're we're putting this thing on yeah we, like, we got a no creep policy i will yeah, pick, if, I'll and it's never really been a problem either too it's not like no <laughs> yeah if, if something if something inappropriate is happening you know obviously we, we address it as soon as possible but i don't think we've ever had really had any kind of situation like that um i mean if if certain people show up you might be grinding rocks for fun but uh it, we, there's all kinds of people that go to DLG con. Um, if you want to bring a buddy, like you're like, Hey, I, maybe I don't know if I want to go, but if you want to bring a friend that's never even watched us or anything like that, go ahead and do that as well. Um, how many people can we accommodate Amanda? Um, well with the first house, I think it's like about 10 with the second house. It, it sleeps 20. So yeah. yeah, besides the casters and the crew, which is like six people and maybe their loved ones, maybe like nine or 10, uh, it's 20 slots, man. Just hit us up earlier. The earlier, the better for questions and anything like that. And we can answer them as promptly as we can. I do believe I was built like an ogre for a reason. If there is a creep, I can throw them pretty far outside of the house. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, and if you're the um, creep, at least you land in the sand in San Diego. So yeah, if you've never um, been on to even to our discord and any of this sounds cool to you, uh, discord is dlgaming.net. And there you have a bunch of links. And you can click the one that says Discord. That'll get you the Discord. Bunch of cool stuff going on in there. And then from there, you can go to DLG Planning and take part. Absolutely. Cool. It's going to be Every awesome. Every year we have four first, first comers, first time people. Every yeah. Year. Probably. And, and um, they usually come again afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Usually we'll revisit. <laughs> we were kind of short on spots last, last time, right? There were some people that wanted to go and they couldn't go because we were full. Uh, no, we, I mean, we just, we filled up perfectly last year, I think. Okay. So that was good. Who wants to read the uh, listener questions today? Uh, I guess I'll do it. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've got some listener questions here. The first one is one we've been holding on to for a while because it is directed at Nick. This is from Warconius. <laughs> is Ragnarok a good game, but too much of the same? So polished that it's not very interesting. I'm enjoying it, but it feels like deja vu. Um, to be honest, I'm not done. I think I have two hours left on it. Um, from what I've been playing, it's an amazing game. I think it's a great game. And we're talking about think- God of War Ragnarok. Correct. Yes, God of War Ragnarok, for okay. those who don't know. Um, I believe it is a bridge game. Uh, if not, then I'm speaking out of my ass on this one. Um, because it is the second one in the God of War series is trying to make more games and more universes from what they led from the first new God of War game. Um, I don't think it's too much of the same. 
I think the the weapon differences and the the new kind of ally system kind of gives um, more leeway on how to play and things like that. I think really what it is is that if you just want to do the main quest, you can do that. If you really want to do the side quest, it does kind of get repetitive. Go here, kill this thing, do this puzzle, come back. Um, the side quests do really uh, elaborate and, and enhance the world. Are they mandatory? No. Can you beat the game without doing them? Yeah. Are they fun? Most of the time. Um, would I say it's better than the first one? Mm, that's hard. I would probably give the first one a, a nine, 9.7 and I'd probably give this one like a 9.4. Um, it's definitely worth, worth your time if you've never picked it up. Um, if you're playing it on PC, use a remote. Um, but it does kind of feel like the character's relationship in the second game have already been established and it's strongly suggested to play the first one the way that the relationship and the, and the, what the story is based off of compared to the first one is similar, but still pretty different because of all the outside influences. So I would say, and for yes or no, is Ragnarok a good game, but too much of the same? No, I think it's a great game and it's not too much of the same. Is it so polished that it's not very interesting? No, I think it's still a very interesting game, especially if you have a thing for Nordic, uh, the Nordic Pantheon. Um, and, he said, I'm enjoying it, but it feels like deja vu. Well, isn't that a good thing if the first game was good? That's my, those are my responses. Take that, Cronius. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Miss you, buddy. All right. Next question from A. Tom. What feature would you want to be on every game moving forward? I would want a search bar in settings so I could narrow down where that specific setting is. I would take that. There's no reason not to. That's a good that's a good one. I feel like there's a lot of improvements that could be made to the settings in PC games. One thing that I've always been an advocate for, this was in Gears of War Tactics and maybe in a few other games, but this is the only one I remember. In the settings, they show you what a lot of times they have just like a scroll bar, like you can go low, medium, high, and you have to click through them. But then games started getting kind of cute with it. They have low, medium, high, ultra, mega, ultra, super, ultra. So you don't really know what the top setting is. Usually you just click all the way to the right till you get to the end of it. And hopefully it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't click you back to low if you go to from the highest setting. So what I always enjoyed is in the settings, if they have they actually show you what the different settings are. Like here's low, medium, high, and ultra. And then you can just click on ultra. Do you, do you guys understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to like explain something that's very yeah, visual. Yeah, it's, it's the quick selection for for settings, right? Yeah, yeah. It's It doesn't really matter too much to me anymore because I got to be honest, I'm actually leaning pretty heavy on, uh, what do they call it, um, in GE Force now. Is it GeForce or GE? It's GE Force. But um, the optimize option. So you load up the software. If you've got if you got an NVIDIA card, you load up the software. It recognizes the games you have installed. You hit optimize and it picks the best settings based on the graphics card you have and the monitor you have. It does all that stuff for you. And I mean, I don't know. You, I, I guess you can adjust it there if you want. But you know, for the most part, I just trust that now. So I just optimize all my games and I assume that I'm getting the best experience. Bobby, I'm not... Um... I've had a little, I, I use that as well, but I've had some issues. It doesn't see all my games, not even close. It sees like 25% of my games. Do you? 
20 really uh you have to so you have to set up the directories manually by the way especially if you have multiple hard drives um i had the same issue but as soon as i actually took like 15 minutes to set up everything it finds every game every time now okay um i don't one thing i I have one hard drive but yeah yeah i've never had a problem it finds all my games automatically i've never had an issue that's strange Hmm. What I would do, Emilio, is find the source install folders for each like Steam and like um, Game Pass and all that stuff, and then setting up every single one as its own branch to discover, and it'll do it. Okay. It's a. Um, what's nice about that system, just to add on to what Bobby said, is that you can choose your native resolution that you want. So if you always just want to play in 1080p, you can do that, and then it it'll even adjust the settings for that resolution for every game. So. Um, it is a really nice feature that comes with the NVIDIA cards. Yeah, you know what? I take it back. It's not seeing all my games installed through uh, GOG. So, yeah, it is missing some. But it sees everything from Steam, everything from uh, Blizzard, from Battle.net. That is a weird thing, too, because it sees some Steam games but not others. Like, it doesn't see Returnal. I don't, why would it not see Returnal? That is, yeah, that is weird. Mm. You may you may need to add it manually, which is a pain in the butt. What a quandary. Huh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Any any other answers to this question? Well, yeah, so a feature that I would want to be on every game moving forward is um, motion blur disabled automatically instead of it being the opposite. Because I feel like almost every game I play, motion blur is on. Fuck that. I want it off. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's what's up. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I always turn that off game. too. And they always put it on by default. And a lot of times they give you an option like a little motion blur, a lot of motion blur, or turn it off. And I always turn it off. I mean, especially it, if you're playing a PvP game, it gives you a competitive advantage. And I feel like they, I don't know if the motion blur like saves you frames or something, but I don't know why they always have it on. Maybe they just want a more cinematic experience. And I think I that's going to add to it. it. I, I thought motion blur actually off. reduces your frames. Yeah, because it's adding a blur effect to every texture. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win this game. It's not a game, but I, I can't see how you guys wouldn't agree with this. Show me the comp- all the companies involved in making it the first time I boot this thing up, and then never show me them again. Oh yeah, why? yeah. <laughs> why but you can do, to- you can do that in Steam though. Yeah, even well, any yeah, mods. but that's bullshit, dude. To have to go yeah. in and like add a launch or a, yeah, a switch to the. the the launch command or whatever. Yeah, dude, that's, that's stupid. And some of these games, Bethesda, um, they really just like, Oh my God, dude, it's like five of them. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. It's because they have like a sound team and like a sound company, like all this other shit. I, I think for it, me, really proud of what they made and they want to put their name on it, but like some of them are unskippable a... too. There was one dude, game. Like yeah. That. God, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was one of the doom games, the newer ones, but w- one of the games they were unskippable and I was like, unacceptable, unacceptable, sir. <laughs> I'm uh, uh, on the same vein as Emilio. When you launch a game and you can't change the sound of that launching game and it blows your eardrums out. Usually when the logos come down, they're like, bah, 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 and I'm like, holy <laughs> yeah. fuck. Like there goes all my <laughs> hearing. Thank you. And then the, also the menu music is always really loud. Well, uh, dude, the that's game, what happens game to volume me is always arc. way too loud when he first started up. You know what I've gotten the habit of doing? And it, this is partially because windows is getting worse and worse at the way they deal with audio. Like I, I hate, 
that's one thing I don't like about Windows 11 is the the controls for audios, uh, uh, for audio devices and like mixing levels and stuff like that. Um, but if you hit Windows G, it brings up that Xbox um, overlay, that that game bar. And one of the options that you can have in there is just a like a mixer. You can adjust the volume of all your different things. And that is the quickest way to get to that um, in, in windows. So I use that all the time. Now, anytime I'm in a game, windows G I'm in discord. I can't hear this person talking windows G, you know, just, it's actually really convenient. Windows G Bobby's new boyfriend. Windows G. (laughs) Sorry. All right. All right. Any more responses to that? Did we get everyone? You guys pretty good. I mean, Emilio got mine. I was going to say no, no intro scenes or just what, what, what is called quick to start like on PlayStation where you boot up the PlayStation and then boom, you're just immediately in the game right where you start, like left oh, off. Dude, they did it for um, the steam deck. Yeah. Why not do it for the steam client? That would be amazing, dude. Like fucking, um, what do they call it? I don't I forget what they call it, but it's like drop in, drop out. Like you exactly, exactly what you just said, wherever mm-hmm. you left off, you're right there without anything else going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Burn Division asks, do you think you'll actually be playing games until you die? Yes. 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 Next yes. question. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that simple, though, because I, I don't know. I've thought about this. And yeah, I do. Like, I, I love playing video games. And especially when I'm older and have the time, of course, I'm going to be playing. But I remember spending a lot of time with my grandfather uh, before he passed. You know, he lived to be 97, ripe old age. But during the uh, last, uh, God, I don't know, maybe five years he really had problems with the motor skills and I would, um, I'd come over and like, I'd show him how to do stuff on, on the, his laptop. He was really fascinated with technology. He was just his entire life. He was always into technology. So, you know, I'd come over and like, I'd show him like stuff on a laptop, but it got to the point where like he had a lot of trouble with a mouse. Um, so I think, and then, you know, I got another friend who's, he's in his seventies and he's got like, I don't know, something where he's got like a bit of a shake in the hand, but there's going to be a point where like physically you're not able to, to play games. And like, I really hope that is far off for me. Like, I don't, that's going to be rough. Would you be open to the idea to like cerebral control, con, like controlled oh games? Because I think that's where eventually where we're going. Like where <laughs> yeah. VR will be. Yeah, I mean, sure, games. whatever, dude. But I mean, it's like that's not I mean, a reality. And you I got like another years, what fifty dude, years? Hundred percent going to be there. Yeah, where you plug video, plug control or control games with your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Let's hope. Uh, but anyway, yeah. After, not only do I think I'm going to be, but I'm going to ramp up. It's only going to ramp up from here, dude. I can't get any busier. I can only get less. Busy. <laughs> you can only so, get less busy. So I am at I am at the valley of a very deep, deep valley. At least that's that's the that's why I keep buying all these games that I'm never gonna play because I'm eventually one, one day, day. <laughs> one day. I honestly think there's a little bit of uh, there's probably a German or French word for this, but there's like a it makes you uh, it, it gives you a sense of. Uh, of wishing or it's going to happen if if you if i buy this game knowing that i don't have the time to play it it's gonna make me happy just knowing that later on i'm gonna have time to do it you know what i mean man whatever makes you, you happy makes me happy you know like manifest that <laughs> me shit. too man there you go. Yeah, yeah. except for when you fucking um what do you call it you name drop or, or you i'm uh, sorry you um kind of like flex your national uh 
money exchanging service that you guys have in Canada. I was, Dude, like, I was like, do you have Venmo or Cash App? He's like, um, all of that is free through a Can- Canadian uh, national yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah, e-transfer, and, yeah. Yeah, e-transfer. He's like, why would I? No, I don't even know what this, this pe- He's like, you stupid American. This peasant fucking bullshit. Do you have a Venmo? Do you have a quick money whatever? I don't even know. I can't even name it. app them. to your third party I, app. <laughs> I did that today for my tattoo. He was like, uh, do you can you Venmo? He's from America. He's like, can you Venmo me? I was like, oh, we don't have. I like went right into it. Like I have the spiel memorized. You're like, first of all, how fucking dare you think that I have that on my phone? Second of all, I can download it. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, in 30 years, sorry, dude, we're I'm just gonna be able to do this telepathically, right? We'll just like look at somebody with like a, <laughs> just spend money with your Bobby. brain. Someone heard Bobby earlier in a listener question. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I just I, like I'm not a futurist, man. Like everybody's always like, well, you know, we're always gonna have like this. And that in the future i'm like will we dude because it's 2023 and i feel like shit's like not really that cool you know where's the flying cars where like all these like, you want to know what the flying where the flying cars i don't are? really care you about can't flying. trust the fucking general public with a goddamn flying car yeah you that's why the general public with a normal car anyways we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to unearth my the old bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Next question. Few few questions from Hingle McCringleberry here. For those who played Oblivion and Skyrim, did you prefer having your jump or run speed abilities increased with acrobatics, or did you prefer the system in Skyrim? Personally, I think there were good things in each system. Man, this is the only one who could answer this. Yeah, I think there's. What are you talking about? I can answer this too. I think, but Amanda uh, first. I think there's good, good, very good stuff in both of them. I mean, like I'm kind of obviously biased with the nostalgia of Morrowind and like that it was like the acrobat system, and then running and sprinting was the uh, athletic system. Enjoyed that, but like I didn't really feel like it was too terrible in Skyrim either and kind of uh, like that too I don't know there's pros and cons but naturally I'm just going to say that because I got so used to it being acrobats and athletics that yeah that's kind of what I what I would prefer not 100% sure what you guys are talking about you mean by doing the thing that's how you got better at it like mm-hmm. literally running gotcha how about this how that would have never worked for me because I didn't know in my whole first playthrough of Skyrim that you could run I walked through the entire game. Yeah. Yep. It's a classic. Nick, what's your uh, what's your opinion on it? I think there needs to be a balance of the two, right? I think if you get to, like, let's say, 100 agility and you can run four times as fast as when you start, that's perfectly fine. But there needs to be a hard cap on, like, movement and jump speed. I What I love about games is when you level up so much that new parts of the game become open, especially in open world games. And my number one example is fallout uh, four. There are so many places you can get normally in the game, right? But as soon as you unlock a jetpack for any of the power armor, where you can go and what you can find like triples, like the, the amount of like interactable locations, the amount of things you can find, you can begin to go and explore the uh, freeway um, that's like floating or just, uh, like broken apart and and with that even in in oblivion there are areas that are what are considered like harder to get to or like even shortcuts that you can get because your agility is higher like you, you can jump onto a ledge which you would normally have to go through a whole building and like if you're doing one of the sneaking missions you'd have to sneak by everybody or if you're at, your acrobatics is high enough you can do a jump and get to get to a that that ledge and just get to where you need to be to that room. 
So I, I think there's a healthy balance, but I definitely, definitely am on the side of increase the points, faster run, higher jump. So I don't know. It kind of brings me back to like, I'm going to always go back tomorrow and with this episode apparently today, but um, you just need to scroll a uh, flight, dude. You'll yeet up so high. It's like yeah. an acrobatics times a thousand. But no, there was some really good cheat codes there too. We found that if you soul trapped um, like flight, to yourself like up against a wall or it was like soul trapping a target and you'd use a wall and it would bounce back onto yourself you could make your acrobatics go up to like 3,000 in your speed at a thousand and then run out of the game which is <laughs> great a great flex I loved that <laughs> so I don't um, know I liked both we should do that for a listener question next week um, like favorite cheat of all time yeah that'd be awesome all right. Another question from Hingle McCringleberry. What's the consensus on Fig Newtons? Also, what's your favorite local beverage? I love Fig Man. Newtons. I love Fig Newtons. Newtons. There, I think there's a there's a point of diminishing returns. Um, <laughs> there's a point where you can like once you hit the second sleeve, where you just kind of get disgusted by them, just because I don't know they just get mushy. Yeah, I mean they're mushy to start with, but. Oh, this is like a candy yeah. or something. No, it's it's a cookie oh. that's filled with fig no, jelly. But the out- oh, I've yeah. been out of it, fig it, Newton since I was ten, dude. I don't. I thought it. we were talking about the units of force. Like <laughs> I tell you, I tell you right now. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. You can fix your unit of force of shitting by eating a fig Newton because those things got a lot of fucking fiber in them right now. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's probably the best version of of figs. Figs are pretty gross, if I remember correctly. I've never really cared for them, but fig Newtons, yeah, sure, they're all right. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty. I mean, I'll eat them if they're there, but it's not like a good surrounded in like crumpled up graham cracker. Or yeah, it's like it's like powderized oats. Yeah, rolled oats. Sometimes it actually is pretty healthy. I feel like, but Mm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know any local beverages that we have here. I'm not. Oh, um, Ballast Point. Uh, Ballast Point that, that exploded and went national. It, it was a very good local brewery. Um, mm-hmm. And we have a bunch of. Yeah, we used to have Man, a work he party. He asked what's good, not what's popular. That's the two very different things. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's a local beverage where I'm from, or not from, now living it, uh, is fucking Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is from Texas, and that shit is delicious. Actually, have wow. you had a Dr. Pepper shake from Whataburger? Not yet, but I'm gonna tomorrow now. It's, <laughs> you know, I was a little, I was more impressed than I thought I would be <laughs> when I tried it. I, I love the concept of milk and Dr Pepper. Yeah, Sounds it's good. it's a weird one, but it's definitely one I recommend that people should try once. Get the small, but like try it. You know, because you you're gonna be like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> my my dad now loves Texas. So oh, for the, for those who didn't get it at the beginning of the podcast, I just moved to Texas. We've been here for about 10 days, three days after getting here, my parents visit. And my dad's like, it's pretty cool. And then he finds out we have it in and out like 10 minutes from our house. He's like, I like this place a lot. I can probably move here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you have in and out in other places. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk later, but they moved into the boonies, but they could have, you know, they could have moved in where you guys are. I'd probably have a lot more for what they got. Yeah. We'll like, talk, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, my favorite local beverage uh, in Michigan would probably be I really like um, this brewery called Perrin. They make like a really, really good uh, grapefruit IPA that is delicious. 
Uh, otherwise, I like. I mean, it, but it's popular and it it isn't as good anymore. But like a Bell's Oberon uh, wheat ale is really delicious. Kind of like a Blue Moon, but nicer. Hmm. Sweet. I, uh, I know we have some Edmonton listeners, which scared me when I first heard that because a little too close to home uh, for me. I don't want to be accosted, you know, because we're so popular and everything else. But uh, favorite beverage is uh, Yellowhead Brewery. Uh, apparently, I like. Like piss beer, like the lightest beer possible, and then put, <laughs> put that up like ten more notches. And Yellowhead Brewery has uh, the most refreshing beer I've ever had, and they only sell it in uh, the big, the big jars. Which name I'm blanking on? What what are what are the big jars called? Well, the like growlers or the crowlers? Growler, growler. Yeah, grr. Yeah, I love them. Christian, I'm, I accept your challenge, and I um, when you come down, so we're making plans. Um, Christian, Bobby, and I are all going to uh, this music thing in L.A., uh, video game music. And Christian's going to come here, and I'm going to take him to Mexico. And I'm going to introduce you to the Michelada. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> the heartburn maker. No, <laughs> I love it. So good. What? Uh, it makes heartburn? Michelada? No, you're going to love it, dude. It's like a Caesar, but with beer. Like, it's awesome. Oh, it's cool. so fucking delicious. You're going to love it. I love Michelada. Yeah. Do you like it's tomato so juice? Yeah, I love, do you well, like, I love uh, clam juice. Do you like, I, I mean, that's a little off the topic, but all right. Uh, <laughs> clamato juice, sorry, yeah. clamato juice, sorry. Uh, but do you like, uh, like, do you like spicy shit in general? Yeah. Or like sour shit? So imagine a, a, a light beer, right, mixed with tomato juice, um, sometimes has a shot of tequila in it um, with a chilied rim with sugar and chili powder, uh, but it's called tahine, which also has lime in it. And then uh, sometimes you get a candied straw that also has more tahini and tamarind on it. And then if you don't have a heartburn, um, then you're not doing it right. And you didn't drink enough. I cannot wait to have micheladas when I go to San Diego for DLG Con. That's actually one of the top things that I need to get when I go back. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. So cool. They're, they're good, but just bring some Zyrtec with you or something. I don't know. Or just okay. don't have a weak-ass GI system. I've never had. <laughs> I have IBS. Fuck you. I've never had hurt by an, in my life. I don't know what hurt. Uh, I don't get heartburn from it either. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know bitch, okay? <laughs> I don't speak bitch. <laughs> All right. Two more questions from Rorconius here. You guys were talking about really good looking games on the PC. I got two suggestions. Spider-Man, completely maxed out. With ray tracing and Death Stranding, same thing. Best ray tracing and DLSS optimization. I mean, that's not really a question, but that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> that's good to know. Thanks, Morgan. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for the suggestion. What, what's that? <laughs> what Spider-Man game is he referring to? I, the one that from PlayStation that got ported to PC. And it's one of the only working ports that would, turned out to be very, very uh, well received. Miles Morales, right? Uh, Miles Morales is like the kind of like 1.5 version of the P- of the game. Um, it's like a huge DLC that adds its own little story because you oh, play cool. as a completely different Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, I remember God, it's pretty rare when we get a good port, especially from a PlayStation game. Well, God of War was perfect, I think. And uh, Yeah, both of those had extensive brewery t- like brewing times uh, for the ports. Like they developed the game without the intention to port them to PC and then they decided to and then actually did it correctly and the last, and the of, last us, of us last of us two was great 
Return yeah. was great. Okay. Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think The Last of Us one remake yeah, was Kaka. Dropped it. You're fucking wrong, Bob. <laughs> dude, I'm just thinking of the countless times they tried to port a uh, Final Fantasy <laughs> game, and it was just terrible with 30 just, frame cap and all that thing. So I'm seeing Spider-Man remastered and Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's remastered. It's remastered. Spider-Man remastered. Okay. Yeah. But like I said, Miles Morales is kind of like a 1.5. Yeah. I don't know, man. I feel like it's cheating when like you, the city is so prominent. That's how uh, like GTA, I don't think GTA has great graphics, but it feels like a real place because there's so many people and all these buildings everywhere that it kind of makes it seem better than it actually is. And I know with Spider-Man. Yeah, it's kind of cheating. It makes it seem like the graphics are a lot better than they really are. Kind of like with uh, Battlefront 2. They don't – if you look at the faces of the uh, the characters, like the human faces, and you see the hair, and it's like, okay, that doesn't look that great. But then when you see the environment and the stormtrooper, like they, it looks really good, and that's mostly what it is. But is that cheating? Yeah, dude, that's cheating. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking Inspector <That's>, Bobby. <laughs> I've declared that's it bad. cheating. <laughs> All right, Warconius also says, recent PC ports have been terrible. Do you think it's because the new console architecture is too different? For example, heavy reliance on super fast storage. I think yeah. we touched on this earlier. You know, mm-hmm. they just yeah, we did way less time to deal with that. And they'll get better at it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> I that. agree. Let's go out with a fizzle, folks. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to do uh, like they will have on the radar. Well, do, should we do a little recap? I think uh, I, I uh, can do a good recap and stuff. Yeah, we recapped yeah, as we went. I think that's right. So we're good. We're good. Well, then. All right. Uh, speaking for Christian, for Nick, for Bobby, for Emilio and for myself. Enjoy some digging metal dwarf titties outro music. <laughs>